Welcome back to the choir room as we continue on with our character studies. We have got an exciting one for you today. I don't know how long it's going to go, but it is a character that is uh, with the show for essentially its entire run. Some of the other characters that uh, that also applies to are going to be broken up a little bit more uh, into, you know, a couple of uh, maybe different podcasts. I don't know how much we've already talked about this already, so sorry if I'm repeating myself. But today we're going to keep it all together here. One podcast talking about Emma Pillsbury. Did she ever change her last name to Schuster? I'm not sure. Do you know the answer to that? Of course, uh, I am Matt. I'm here with my co-host, Amon. Did, did she change her last name? Um, It's never really mentioned. Well, actually, does Mr. Shu call her Mrs. Schuster at some point at the end of the show? I feel like I have like, a vague memory of him calling her that like in the last episode, but I could that I could have just been I honestly don't know. I don't remember. I do not remember. That sounds familiar now that you're saying it, but I don't know. Maybe when we get to that part of uh, her story, uh, some memory will will trigger. But uh, either way, uh, how are you doing today? I'm good. Emma is um, Emma needs this podcast, I think. I feel like towards the end of the series, Emma sort of just like fades into the background. And she was such a big part of the show in its beginning season. So I'm excited to talk about her. I feel like there's some 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 cool shit that we'll uncover here. Yeah, we've got uh, Emma was uh, was a big player even when she wasn't, you know, the biggest, uh, the the most important storyline like her and Will or whatever it was, even if it was just, you know, obviously a lot of her content uh, is focused around her relationship with Will. But uh, just like along the way, she would get some gold stars from us at random times from like uh, a good moment here. She was great with the kids, this, that, whatever. She would just like kind of save the day. In a way, one way or another, starting off in literally the first episode of the entire show. So uh, looking forward to getting into all of that. But actually, let me let put a pause down on the Emma talk for a second, because we have like a couple of things to get into. It hasn't even been more than maybe like a half a week since uh, the last podcast we recorded. But uh, there's some things that uh, just uh, just kind of want to touch on here or there. Uh, top of the show, let me first talk about, which we could have talked about last week because this was news last week, but we did not. So here I bring it up today. Uh, congratulations to Amber Riley on her engagement. Yes, good for her. That guy looks really, really good too. Like they, they make a very, very nice couple. They I'm do. excited for her. Yes, uh, her uh, Jenna's also engaged recently, so I don't know if we're getting like another double wedding in the future. No, obviously not. But uh, it would be <laughs> cute. <laughs> It'd be adorable if that uh, were the case. And then uh, I don't know. Kevin McHale's been with his boyfriend for a couple of years now. I'm like waiting to. That that post is definitely coming soon, you would imagine. So, I don't know. Some of these people happy in love. You love to see it. So, congratulations I mean, I feel like to it's Amber the, Riley. It's the pandemic. It's like, you know what? Like, everybody is, we're living in uncertain times. People are, like, just taking the plunge. Like, let's get married, bitch, before we can't anymore. So, who I support was it, it. Who was it that had a baby that did not tell anybody that they were pregnant until the baby was born? Uh, Mindy Kaling? Did the, yeah, that was her. Yeah, yeah. She did do that. Didn't even need to ask you. Uh it came out naturally. Uh, oh, maybe the baby as well. Um, yeah, uh, that was uh, <laughs> that wow. was cool. 
<laughs> that was pretty cool. I wonder if anybody else will uh, pull that kind of thing anytime soon. I mean, yeah, in the pandemic, nobody's going out, nobody's seeing you anywhere, so why not? Yeah, there are going to be so many pandemic babies. Like, my best friend, I'm going to be a godfather because my best friend is having a pandemic baby, so... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, this guy that I follow, uh, nobody would follow. Nobody would know who I'm talking about, so I'm not even going to mention his name. Uh, but he and his wife got, you know, pregnant at the beginning, or at the, you know, at the beginning of the uh, pandemic, and then I believe the baby was just born. So pretty crazy how this is all playing out. But hey, that's life. Uh, this never was expected to be under nine months, so I don't know why I'd be too surprised. Um, speaking of Glee alumni, I wanted to talk a little bit about decade. Darren Chris had a uh, concert of of sorts over. Uh, the Thanksgiving weekend, which uh, I did attend. I did uh, sit at my computer for about two and a half hours for. Amon wasn't too interested in it. I called him a fake fan, but he claimed it was for <laughs> other reasons. Um, but I enjoyed myself. Well, I mean, I wasn't I was at I wasn't home at the time. Like I was still out and about with my family during Thanksgiving because it was on. Was it Friday? What was it? Su- wait, it was the Saturday was afternoon. Saturday. So, yeah, I was still in like in the middle of nowhere in Virginia. My parents ordered like this timeshare like in the boonies like i'm talking like you know like racist country like like i like if i was outside of the resort then i probably would have been persecuted (laughs) um yes i i couldn't watch but um i'm sure it was great i love darren chris's voice so i'm sure you had a great time i'm waiting for someone to upload him singing somewhere only we know because that's that's my personal favorite so good job for good job for darren yeah, I haven't seen videos uh, leak or anything, so I don't know. I guess that was the point, uh, you know, to go to the concert yourself and uh, to you know get that ticket. A lot of uh, a lot of funds were raised from various things that he auctioned off, uh, from different like people got to do a meet and greet on on the app that they were like partnered with. So people after the show were able to, you know, if you paid for it, you got to do like a two minute meet and greet with Darren. And you know, the show was good. I mean, uh, I saw some people complaining that he wasn't as prepared as I guess he could have been, which uh, I guess it's a fair criticism, but also like. Usually at, you go to a concert, you see... You like, know, what the do they mean? Gets... Like, he didn't know the songs? Like, what? No, 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 no. He just, like, was kind of, like, just speaking off the cuff. Like, he was kind of, like... May, like, you could have seen somebody maybe decide that they were going to have a script planned or, like, exact segments memorized uh... or whatever. But he just kind of was like, I know things that I want to talk about, and I'm just going to start talking about them and go from, you know, one topic, one song to the next. So it wasn't, like, the most organized thing ever, but it wasn't, like... It was COVID times. And it I was feel like I would tickets, prefer so. that. Yeah, just sometimes you would catch him and he would be like, yeah, I'm just all over the place. And we're like, yeah, no, it's fine. Keep going. Keep going. You're great. Like, no, (laughs) you can't see your audience anyway. Just assume that we're all having a great time. I mean, yeah, it's like it's a you said it was what? Ten dollars to ten dollar virtual concert. Like, you know, like I, I would be fine with that. Yeah, getting to see him perform some of his, you know, obviously uh, Blaine's biggest hits from back in the day. We got Teenage Dreams, Somewhere Only We Know, Cough Syrup uh, and and many more that I am uh, not getting off the top of my head right now but it was flood your basement when he sang cough syrup um i was watching intently and uh (laughs) yes i mean look i i I mean i think i expected that that would have come out because uh it's his glee covers is his glee hits but for some reason i was still pleasantly surprised when it happened so i don't know it was good uh, definitely enjoyed it. A lot of cool, uh, a lot of cool things that he auctioned off. 
Uh, I was like, yeah, I'm not spending $400 on that Blaine jacket from whatever, but it would have been cool uh, to, to own a piece of whatever. He's also like was was uh, auctioning off a bunch of like sheet music from when he was, you know, recording like in the studio with like all of his little notes all over the paper for, you know, when he was, you know, actually recording. So oh, some cool stuff. I think some of it might even still be up if anybody wanted any. But um, so there's that uh, good stuff with Darren Chris. And then on the podcast end of things, we got a couple of things to talk about. Um, um, I recently discovered that I can find the reviews of other countries, only uh, two other countries. I was only able to find Canada and Australia, but uh, we have made a promise that if anybody reviews the podcast that we would read it on air. And there's a handful of reviews that have not been left in the U.S. that uh, we just neglected and did not read on air because I didn't know that they weren't in the store I was reading. I mean, I kind of now it makes sense knowing that they weren't there that they it's a different store the US versus the other country store but uh once i discovered that i could find them in other avenues i was pleasantly surprised so so what did uh, you I have to go do to find these. them uh so the like apple podcast link or whatever it is that you can like go to on uh the computer to like see the podcast page it has the reviews at the towards the bottom of it uh, but if you like change US in the link to like AU or CA, I could find the other stores. Um, so shout technology. out to Mary Kwiatkowski for uh, for that tip. And if there's other stores I couldn't find them, I don't know if there's more. I, I mean, I'm I'm imagining there's more. But if you left us a review in another country besides uh, the US, Australia, or Canada, uh, and you you know have not heard us rev- uh, say it on the podcast, feel free to like slide in the DMs, let us know, and I'll see if we can track it down. But uh, let me quickly go through these here because some of these are as far back as like the summertime. Uh, over on the Australia side of things, we had Dara who wrote in to say, "Here's what you missed on the choir room." Matt and Amon continue to record episodes at a ridiculously rapid rate, but that's coming to an end soon. (laughs) But it's not coming to an end because we're still here. Uh, Matt continues to prove his questionable taste. Matt, Puppet Master is a zero slushy episode. Yes, that is true. I, I, Uh, Amon really should have replaced him after that. Ouch. Uh, Matt and Amon quit the Cheerios. Now we get to see what they look like in street clothes, and that's what you missed on the choir room. In all seriousness, this is a great listen. Unlike the actual show, it does not drop in quality after a certain point. Uh, Des was here also in Australia, said my go-to Glee podcast, started watching Glee during quarantine. This has been my go-to companion podcast. Love this. And I often re-listen to uh, past eps. These guys are clearly passionate about this show and its music. I mean, yeah, we are, right? Yeah. Damn, they go back and re-listen. And that's dedication. That's that's amazing. Thank you so much. That We both re-listened to some episodes that we have been on, so. I know, <laughs> but it's all of us. Them. It's different when it's someone else. <laughs> Fair, fair. Uh, over in Canada, uh, the great Kirsten said what? Kirsten uh, left us a review back in July that uh, did not see any of these. Uh, but uh, Kirsten said perfectly, Cap, Matt, and Amon zooming through the series during quarantine is what we all needed. Uh, we had Navi0502, who said the best Glee-centric podcast I've ever listened to in my entire life. Uh, I've only watched the first season of Glee back when it aired. And it wasn't for me. However, I love both Amon Adwin and SpongeBob Matt Ligori, so I listen to the podcast even though I don't watch along with them. Uh, that SpongeBob joke, I'm sure half of the people listening aren't getting. But um, let us know if you want to know more about it. We can p- point you to the uh, episode of a different podcast that has more information. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure if you did watch along with the podcast, it would be an even better experience since you can actually follow along with the podcast. And that's saying something since it's already a phenomenal podcast. It's easily the best Glee podcast I've ever listened to since it's the only one I've actually listened to. 
A1 plus, never stop, never stopping, work hard, play hard, stay crushing. It's sincerely Navi. Uh, and then the last one here, last one, I promise, uh, from uh, Rosanera97, uh, who left us a review in September saying, you need this in your life. Matt Naman doing a Glee rewatch is everything I didn't know I needed. I had finally revisited the series after abandoning it towards the end. And while it will always be a hot mess, it still brings a level of cheeriness and celebration that makes me very nostalgic. While I have a lot of episodes to catch up on, I'm so glad to have Matt and Naman to lead me on this journey. So... Thank you so much to all five of you and anybody else who has left us a review that we might not have seen. Uh, very much apologize for the delay on that. But please, if uh, you are, like I said, anywhere that has a review section that I might not know where to find, help me out. <laughs> I'd love to get there and I would love to uh, thank you for it. So there's that. Yes, thank you guys so much. I love reviews. They're so encouraging. It just, it's really, really, sometimes I forget, like, because we record so often, sometimes I forget that you know, this podcast is going to reach a lot of people and people are going to be listening to us on their daily routines, whether they be driving to work, coming home from work or at work or doing laundry or whatever you're doing. Um, I'm glad that you have chosen us to spend some time with. And I hope that you guys continue to, to enjoy the podcast as much as we enjoy recording it. So thank you guys so much. It's really encouraging. And in the same vein, uh, recently, the Spotify lists have been coming out along with, I don't know if Apple uh, does anything with the podcast side of things. I don't think they do. Apple obviously uh, dropped the ball with all of that. Spotify has taken, uh, or not taken, they've always had the lead with, uh, you know, showing you your year in review. Uh, Spotify. So shout out to uh, Lizzie, book lover, Natalie, DA, Chloe, Jappy. Uh, Kyler, Celeste, and Kristen, who have all reached out to us in the past uh, like 12, 24 hours uh, with that screenshot of the Spotify top podcasts of the year where everybody that I just mentioned had us either at number one or very close to it, like in the top five of uh, podcasts that you listen to throughout the entire year. So just all along the same vein of uh, thanking you guys all so much for reaching out, letting us know that uh, that we made it up there because it really is encouraging to hear that you guys are uh, coming back for uh, more or ca catching up to anything you've missed. It's just really cool. So I've retweeted every single one that I've seen that's come in that way. It's just so heartwarming and yeah. Yeah. yeah, I saw those. Like, someone has listened to, like, 147 episodes, so damn near all of them. So you've been mm -hmm. keeping up with us, like, because we've been releasing them in batches. It's, like, it's insane to me. So thank you guys so much. Like, when you see, like, the, the raw numbers of it all, people, like, listening to us for hundreds of hours, it's like, damn, like, we're really out here. <laughs> and so we, are y'all. We talked all those hours. So uh, crazy enough for both side of things that... uh that content, I guess, is good enough for us to keep making and for people to keep listening. So thank you guys all so much as we get into the holiday season. It is uh, just so nice to spread the love and uh, you guys are sharing it to us. We're sharing it to you. And uh, speaking of uh, spreading things like germs, let's talk about Emma. <laughs> that was bad. I'm sorry. Nice. Nice that was bad. Uh, Emma Pillsbury, one of the first people that I was concerned about when we found out about the coronavirus. <laughs> no, you know she's fine. Like, she is, she's probably the most immune of us all. But, um, yeah, Emma, Emma, where do we start with Emma? Hmm. Where do we start with Emma? Emma, obviously, we're going to meet Emma right off the bat in the pilot episode, right? So it doesn't take much uh, time to figure out what's going on here. Um, but, like, let's overall just talk about Emma, like, who she is, uh, what 
you know, what she's got going on, what she's all about. Obviously, Emma, the guidance counselor at McKinley High, uh, which kind of turns her into a variety of different things surrounding the field of receiving guidance. Uh, she she somehow turns into a bit of a therapist at times. She turns into like, uh, you know, a, a parent almost for some of the kids here and there. And then, of course, she's got everything going on with Will. But um, overall, just other ways that like, what? how else would you describe Emma? Obviously, uh, we don't necessarily like want to describe her as... Uh, like the, you know, she obviously, Emma, okay, sorry, let me back it up a second. Emma, obviously one of her big storylines is the fact that she has OCD, right? So uh, that's mm-hmm. one of the big things that we follow through, throughout her time. Can we talk about more besides Emma, like besides just that as, you know, uh, that's not like a personality trait. It's just something that she goes through. Yeah, um, she, she does have OCD, but she's also the school counselor, which means that she's really, really good at getting inside people's heads and she's, uh, really good at offering advice. There have been countless times where Will has um, sought counsel with her and was specifically asking for like guidance counselor Emma and not his wife Emma or his fiance Emma or whatever they were at the time. So yeah, she's just she's someone that's very thoughtful, very insightful. She can read people. She also has like a she has like a slight bit of snark to her. Like she's definitely gone toe to toe with with Sue. Um, more so in the se- in the first season, in the second season, and third season, she kind of like backs off a little bit, but um, she does like have a bit of, of a bite to her as well, and um, yeah, she's just very concerned with the well being of others, as you know, and in, 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 it kind of manifests itself badly with her with her with the OCD, but right. generally speaking, she's just a very kind hearted, good natured person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's she's always around to help out others, but that often leads her to forgetting to help What's that? herself. Is that number is that what you are on the Enneagram? Is that two? I forget which one it is. I'm a two. Yeah, uh, Emma's would Emma a, be Emma's a two? A two. Uh, Emma's probably a two, right? I mean, she's literally a natural born uh, person who wants to help. And when she gets worked up, she gets uh, sassy and in people's faces and whatnot. So I think that's exactly right, uh, honestly, because the two goes to the eight when they get worked up. Chappelle's probably like, uh, they are not doing a good job uh, explaining this right now, which is fine. Uh, that's why Chappelle does that for us. But uh, Sidebar, yeah. I'm a seven. We know I, it's it's confirmed. I did take the test <laughs> and I got a seven. <laughs> it wasn't. It was never in question for me. Like I said <laughs> when I told you uh, off air, that was like the first thing that I said to Chappelle. I was like, uh, "Amon is a seven. I'll figure out what I am later." <laughs> Uh, So Emma Pillsbury joining me as a fellow, too. Uh, I didn't say this already, but uh, of course, Emma played by Jamie Mays, uh, a very talented actress. And, uh, you know, not not, uh, just like many of the other actors on the show, not a singer like that's not her career path. But uh, the songs that we're going to get to at the end of this podcast uh, definitely uh, knocked them out of the park for for, like most of them. Uh, There's six songs that she's kind of like heavily featured in and uh, all of them were pretty good. I mean, you expect little. And you get a lot. So uh, I have no qualms at all with the Jamie Mace performance. If anything, my qualm is that uh, she wasn't more present in season five and six because while we were following. OK, this I don't know if this is getting too deep into that. Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, let me hold off on those seasons for now. It is. It is. It is. It is. Um, so back it up. Season one, Emma. Uh, I don't know. Take us take us somewhere else in season one. To start off. So, I mean, when we meet her, we we get off like we immediately get the feels that she has the feels for one Will Schuster. She enjoys spending time with him. She enjoys having lunch with him and talking to him and um, helping him through his issues. Will wants to start the Glee Club up again, um, and he's having problems with, you know, the amount of people uh, that are interested in the club. She's going to suggest to him that she that he really should 
um, get the popular kids to join because once the popular kids deem something cool, everyone else will fall in line, um, which uh, Will is going to take that in, into consideration. He finally is able to get a few um, people to join the Glee Club. You guys know who I'm talking about. Rachel, Mercedes, Kurt, Tina, Artie. And to scout out the competition to see what kind of uh, what they're up against, they go over to Carmel High. Uh, Will and Emma are both going to be chaperones, and they get absolutely decimated <laughs> once they watch Vocal Adrenaline do their thing. Um, they even sh- they they share um, a uh, sandwich together at Carmel High and everything. So yeah, that's kind of what we start off with with the two of them. Like it's it's like one of those. It's a storyline where Will is obviously married, but Emma obviously has feelings for him, so it's like a will-they-won't-they from the very, very beginning. Yeah, I wonder if as we go here, obviously, of course, we're looking at some notes to help us along through this journey. If we're going to see any uh, notes, any episode that has nothing to do with Will. Unlikely, right? Uh, It does feel unlikely that we're going to see any episode where it's uh, like... There's something in film and television, I forget what it's called. It's like, it's a rule where it's like, if it doesn't pass this test, then there's work to be done. And the test is essentially like, is there a woman where is there a woman in the series that has a scene that has nothing to do with a man? I forget what the name of that test is, but I'll look it up. Continue. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what we're kind of talking about. It's just uh, Emma in the entire show. It's all about Will. Uh, You know, we're going to get a lot that has to do with her, but it'll be like it'll be like things that she needs to work on for herself that Will is helping her with. So, you know, they're really tied from the beginning. And of course, that's going to stay the case all the way through the entire show. Sometimes you'll get episodes where, you know, uh, Emma needs to take the kids to sectionals, but it's about Will. It's always that. Whereas a character like, you know, Rachel, there's so much time where she's not around. Obviously, that's the main character here. But like, point is, uh, this specific character was pretty much always intended to be uh, locked up around whatever is going on in the world of Will Schuster, who's one of our main, main characters of the show. So yeah, like you said, right off the bat, we find out that Emma has feelings for Will. Uh, and that whole time in that, you know, first episode, we see that there's some kind of like friendship there. Uh, obviously, it seems like feelings are, are had from Emma towards Will, maybe not reciprocated because Will is married. Uh, the way that the pilot, of course, ends is with a pretty much of a, like a hero moment from Emma because Will is deciding whether or not he can leave, should leave the school. Uh, he's not making enough money. Everything's going on with him and Terry back at home. And Emma's going to end up breaking out the video from 1993 Nationals to show Will, look at how much fun you had singing and dancing up there. This is what you wanted to do. This is where you want to be recreating this magic for, you know, the, the new Glee Club, the new generation. And it works. Will decides to stay. And uh, at least for myself, I gave uh, Emma that gold star right off the bat to be like, all right, like we would not have a Glee Club if not for Emma Pillsbury. So while Rachel or Will get credit for this or that, uh, Emma definitely, you know, a, a big underrated hero there early on. Yeah, it's like, uh, it's, it, I, it's a conflicting feeling for me because obviously she has feelings for Will. So yes, I think that she is giving him the best advice because it is something that Will wants to do. Obviously he wants the Glee Club to come back and he really, really enjoys teaching. But at the same time, it's also a ploy to get him to stay because she likes him so it's like yeah you're doing something for the right like you got the right answer but you're doing the wrong work in a way so mm-hmm. um i agree with you though yeah like if it weren't for emma you know, yeah there, there would be no glee club so she really is the person that sort of is responsible for this coming to be 
um, albeit a little shady. The test that I was referring to earlier is called the Bechdel test. Okay. It's a measure of representation of women in fiction. It asks whether a work features at least two women who talk to each other about something other than a man. The requirement that the two women must be named is sometimes added. So I do not think that Emma's character ever passes the Bechdel test. Whenever she's talking no. about, whenever she's talking to another woman, it's always about Will. Mm-hmm. Always. Yeah. <laughs> so. uh, whether it's Sue, whether it's Rachel, obviously whether when it's, it's Terry. Coach Beast. Coach Beast. Beforehand. It, yeah. Yeah. Always related to Will or Dr. Carl. So yeah, uh, for sure fails that thing. But uh, who's surprised, right? Whatever. Um, going into, uh, going ahead into the rest of the season, we're going to see that Emma is going to start to not develop as close relationships with the Glee kids as Will does, but they often stop in and visit her uh, to, you know, seek advice about this, that, whatever. Uh, and she, you know, starts to obviously over time grow uh, an affection even deeper for Will, which is going to in turn kind of make her closer to the Glee club because it brings her closer to Will, but she also does care for the Glee kids. Uh, you know, she's going to, admit often that she's she's doing what she's doing for will first and foremost but you can tell how much she cares about the kids uh all the time uh she's gonna give rachel some advice about how to deal with the finn crush as that starts to develop she's like i get it not she's not gonna say this but she gets it like you know she's got a crush on will who also doesn't return the feelings just like finn uh who is not returning feelings to her to rachel early on uh we're gonna see in the second episode of uh of the show that will is going to stay at the school He's going to be doing some janitorial work to uh, add, you know, a little bit to the paycheck. Emma's going to stop by and offer to help him a little bit. And uh, it's right here where we find out very yeah, early that, on. That's, that's how you know. She's just like whipped. Like oh, she she's is sitting over like... there scrubbing a damn pencil sharpener with a yeah. fucking toothbrush just so that she could spend time with Will. Just to spend time and get, yeah, get some more like, you know, one-on-one time with him. Uh, and this is where we're going to learn, uh, you know, like only episode two early on here that uh, one of the things that Emma struggles with as we see that she is not here for a mess, not in any way, shape or form. Uh, is she okay with any kind of dirt, mess, chalk, this, that it just makes her absolutely unhappy. Yeah. She is not uh she's not one with the shits at all. Um, Will's gonna even put a little chalk on her nose while she's helping him, and you can see just how uncomfortable it makes her. But because it's Will, she's able to contain it just a little bit. It was very very flirty from Will, might I add, and uh completely inappropriate. But <laughs> you know, Emma got exactly what she wanted by staying <laughs> with her toothbrush. So. She got chalk right on her nose and uh, decided that, yeah, it was uh, she was going to calm down for a second and leave it there. And it was uh, it was definitely like, you know, such a brief moment. And you don't know the character super well. Thing, nobody time, walked but... in because like they, thought they were like doing lines together. Like, well, yeah, nobody walked in, but somebody was watching. Uh, somebody was watching from the window. Uh, let's introduce to this podcast a man who I would love to uh, quickly get out as fast as we're getting in here. Uh, Ken Tanaka, who is, of course, also at the school. The football coach in season one who has it out for Emma just as much as Emma has it out for Will. Uh, He wants her and he sees that she has a crush on somebody else. But the way that he's looking at things is like, I should have no problem getting her because she's single. She's lonely. She wants somebody that she can't have. And uh, that's also what I want. But if I can convince her, then my life is set. So during that whole interaction, Ken's actually watching uh, from one of the windows. And later on, he's going to confront her and tell her that she's dumb for chasing a married guy. And uh, I... 
I would be good for you. I mean, you're not going to find anyone better than me in this town. Yeah, this is um, this is quite the relationship that evolves between the two of them because Emma Emma peeped his game from jump. Like in the very first episode, Ken is like trying to spit his game over at Emma, and she's not interested. She's trying to give him every every inclination possible that it's just not going to work out. And yes, she's still going after a married man, but Ken is just only going to make this. It only makes it only fuels him even more to know that like the person that she is pursuing is unavailable. So it's like, well, girl, what you gonna do? You can't have him, and here I am. But Emma's just not about that. She's she's all. not. I mean, she's going to end up saying that she'll give him a shot uh, and like deciding to go through with this because by the time that like you know we get through two hours of the, of the show, we see that you know it is not the greatest idea for her to be following Will around and trying to get his attention because he's married and it's not going to work out very well for her right now. Uh, so she's going to be like, you know what? You're right. I guess I can't do any better than you. And she agrees to go on a date with him. So that's that. Uh, it's. You know, we're going to see how that starts to play out. Uh, we go into uh, a little bit later on in, uh, I think it's episode five, Roads Not Taken, where Emma's going to find out about how Quinn's pregnant. She uh, tries to talk to Finn a little bit to see, you know, what he's thinking. So just, you know, continuing to see. I feel like there are so many different scenes. I don't know if we're going to highlight them all of like Emma talking to the kids. Oh, this is because... where she gets uh, <laughs> puked on. Yes, this, uh, that's this episode. I'm a girl that knows her solvents, and your breath smells like rubbing alcohol. <laughs> oh, Bambi. <Yeah. laughs> oh, no. Yeah, the interactions with the kids are, uh, you know, they come by pretty often, but it's, like, hardly the most relevant to her story, and it's not like they tie back to her. So, I don't know. I, like, I, you know, have a bunch of them in my notes. I just don't know how often they're going to be too relevant to what we're talking about. Uh, but either way, so, yeah, this is when she gets vomited on by Kurt, has to take those four decontamination showers at the ER, and uh, ends the up full getting the gold Yes, she gets a gold star from you in this episode because uh, she's going through everything with uh, trying to help Will out because Will's having this whole dilemma, like April Rhodes, should we bring her back? Yes, let's bring her back. Oh, and wait, no, she's a horrible influence. Kurt's puking on my shoes. You got to get rid of her. So he's like, she's like the only one in this episode making any sense and trying to like talk to Will like a, like a rational person. Right. I think that was the only, I think that's the reasoning that I gave for giving her the star because Will was just so far up April's ass, yeah. <laughs> like so far up there. And she had to pull him out like the whole episode. Like Kurt is walking around drunk out of his mind at school. Like, what are you doing? Get her out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, you know, obviously this, the, the, the whole reason that Emma did that in the first place for Will to try to track down April is because anytime that there's an idea that comes up, for the two of them to potentially work on some kind of project together, spend more time together, Emma's going to jump at the opportunity. So when Will's like, oh, can you help me like look for information about this person that I'm trying to track down? She's like, oh, of course, like I would do anything for you. And then as time goes on, she realizes, you know, what she did or what they did by bringing April back here. And it's like, yeah, that's not a good idea. So uh, there's that. Uh, going into Vitamin D, episode six, uh, Terry Schuster is going to show up and end up getting a job as a nurse at McKinley High. Sue Sylvester is going to uh, take it upon herself to talk to Terry and warn her about how there is some attraction going on between Will and Emma. And Terry's going to make sure that she tells Emma that Will is hers and uh, back off. Yeah, this is a... Uh... This scene definitely doesn't pass the, the test. Um, no. She confronts her right into the uh, right in the uh, teacher's lounge and even ends the meeting by licking her 
thumb and then rubbing it on Emma's coffee cup. Like it's a whole it's a whole pissing match. They are they are like she's like, get the fuck off my man, which she's perfectly justified. Like because Emma is all up on her man and she needs to back up like she's he's married. <laughs> he's married, honey. Like in your like this yeah. is not a good look for you. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I enjoy Terry a lot in this scene. And I love the fact that she was able to pick up on the fact that she's like so I don't know if she specifically knew that she had OCD, but she knew that she was a cleanie, a cleanie freak and uh, <laughs> did that to her. Yeah, I'm sure that, you know, Sue gave her all of the uh, the, the the information she needed to like have, uh, you know, to be able to go over to Emma and, you know, get under her skin, which is exa- exactly what she does. Uh, she tells her that, you know, you're never going to have a chance with Will. You should accept. Uh, recently, Emma got a proposal uh, for her hand in marriage from Kentanaka. I guess word has spread about that. And Terry's going to suggest to her you should accept that proposal. Uh, you're not getting Will, so you should take other opportunities that are right in front of you. Uh, Emma is considering it. She's like uh, eventually going to ask Will later in that episode is, you know, uh, Ken proposed and Will's like, wow. And Emma's like, so, you know, unless there's any reason that I shouldn't say yes. I mean, and Will's like, I, I, I guess I got nothing to, to argue. And Emma's like, all right. And she goes on and <laughs> accepts a marriage proposal from Ken Tanaka. Here we are six episodes into season one. Uh, Terry is ready to claw Emma's eyes out. And Emma's like, you know what? Let me just go marry Ken Tanaka. That'll fix everything. Okay, so is Emma trash for this? Because, look, the guy is married, right? There's nothing that you can really do to change that fact. And sure, you can have your crush or whatever, but you trying to, like, you, like, because she even tells Terry, like, um, Will deserves so much better than you. How do you know? We don't really see Emma ever interacting with Terry. We, Emma's not, at, unless she's camping outside of his apartment and looking in through the blinds. Maybe. She doesn't really know, like, the full, she doesn't know the full extent of the relationship between him and Terry. Like, Will hardly ever talks about Terry with Emma. If anything, they talk about anything other than Terry because... Emma wants to be all up in his pants. So it's like, Emma, are you... I feel like Emma is really, really overstepping her bounds here and going so far as to pretty much give Will an ultimatum with this Ken Tanaka thing. It's like, well, girl, no one told you that you had to marry Ken Tanaka. So if the reason that you're looking for to not marry him should just be that you don't want to fucking marry him. Not that Emma... Or not that Will uh, could potentially divorce his wife and then come to you. Like, I just feel like she is so... She's like really forcing his hand here. And I just don't think that that's cool. Yes, Terry is a horrible person. Yes, well, not a horrible person, but she's not the best for Will. The relationship is very, very toxic. But that does that has nothing to do with you, Emma. And you trying to force him into divorcing her is like really, but really see, uh, not okay yeah, with me. So I totally take what you're saying. Uh, it's, you know, I think for the, for all of season one, this early part of the show, uh, I I think I've always felt like both her and Will are in the wrong because, I mean, they both know what they're doing. They both know how they're treating each other as, as far as the flirting goes. Will is doing nothing but giving her hope, but not saying like he's not saying anything but when you're in the in the you know late at night doing janitorial work and you come face to face with this woman and stick a thing of chalk on her nose staring deep into her eyes it's like what impression do you think she's gonna get so yeah he's married but like so it, that's what I'm just saying I think it's they're they're both in the wrong here because you know he's obviously uh he he's paying attention to her. He's kind of giving off some kind of vibe that maybe something, maybe they're about to kiss. Who knows? Like if I'm Emma, I definitely think that that might happen right now. Uh, And then, you know, as she goes forward, it's like, well, what do I do? I mean, I 
know that he's married, but also like every time we talk and interact, it seems like there's a spark there because there is. So I don't know. It's, it's weird. Yeah. And and also it, it just makes me wonder about, about Emma, because why are you, it's like, obviously Emma, she has like some self esteem issues because the fact that you feel like you need to settle for Ken Tanaka is just like, why? Like, the ultimatum shouldn't be, well, unless there's a reason for me not to do this, uh, then you need to tell me. It should just be like, I don't, you don't want to marry him. Why are you settling for for Ken? Like, are yeah. you only marrying him to prove a point to Will? It's like, well, it, it's yeah. strange. Ken's also, though, being like, I know that you love Will, but, uh, you know, I just want to be with you and I don't care, you know, how low I feel about myself and, you know, why you say yes. Like, he really just wants her to say yes. That's the end of the story. Like, he keeps saying, like, I know that you're into somebody else, but, like, I'm not, you know, I, I, he's really into her and he's like, you're not going to get any better. So, like, you can tell from the start, like, we're not doing a Ken Tanaka character study, uh, mark my words, but like, we, you know, if we're talking, looking at Ken for a second here, it's just a very sad thing the way that he goes about this because he just feels like he's like, like, this is the one person that he has his eye on that he wants to be with. And no matter what the, uh, the reason is, even if it's just because she's desperate and doesn't think that she'll ever find love anywhere else, she, he's willing to accept it. So it's like, you know, everyone's kind of giving her permission to act the way that she's acting and accept this proposal, even though everybody knows that it's absolute horseshit. I mean, I don't know. You know, as especially as we go on, let's just keep moving here. We're going to go on to uh, to mash up where Emma and Ken, now engaged, are going to ask Will to mash up their wedding song. Emma wants to do I Could Have Danced All Night and Ken Tanaka wants to do the thong song. Uh, they are going to Emma, Emma and Will are going to have a dance lesson where Will's going to perform the thong song with her. Slips on her dress. Next thing you know, he is on top of her on the floor. Uh, Ken's watching from the window. Everybody knows there is still, you know, this is not going away anytime soon. He's going to end up going with her to pick out her new wedding dress uh, because I guess Emma has no friends or family. She only has Will Schuster to uh, to accompany her to this big event of picking out a wedding dress. Uh, he's going to tell her how great she looks and she's going to do her song there. I could have danced all night. Uh, by the end of the episode, he comes to her to apologize. Uh, Will, that is, goes to Emma saying, I'm sorry. Look, these songs, I, you know, I, I mash up a lot of songs. These two are not going together. And Emma's like, well, yeah, that's just like me and Ken. We just don't go together no matter how hard we try to make it work. It's not going to happen. So uh, very self-aware by all parties that this is just stupid and a waste of time. That thong, 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 whoa. You could tell that... Uh... Emma just has some cobwebs down there because she was turned the hell on by that corny ass song, like freaking Will Schuster gyrating to from some fucking Cisco. Like, ew. Like, that's this is the man you want to lay with. Like, what are you doing? Okay? <laughs> uh, well, if you like it, I love it, Emma. <laughs> yeah. Do what oh, you she need likes to. it. She likes it a lot. Um, it's. You know, like, we're going to also get to know more about her parents later. So I guess when you kind of watch it, you know, back like this to see, you know, why is she not with her parents? Why is she not with, uh, well, I mean, why is she not with her sister? She goes to her sister's house later in the series when she needs a place to stay. But I don't know. Maybe that's far. So I don't know. Uh, Just such a weird 
situation that's going on here. Uh, you know, this is obviously like the A story that we're following outside of the kids. Like if we're not following the kids, we're following Will and Emma. So it's just, you know, this is this is like the main thing that we're we're getting. When we talk about the episodes having too much adults, it's because we're watching Will and Emma dance uh, to the, the, the thong song. So that's early glee for you and why season one got some high ratings at times. But, you know, is what it is. Yeah. So, I mean, we talk a lot. I mean, Will Will is made fun of a lot for the fact that he doesn't really have any adult friends. But I think the same can also be said for Emma because she also is, I mean, he she invites him and only him to look at the dress um, that she has for the wedding. And it's like, you really don't have any women in your life to talk to about this or it doesn't even have to be women, but just anybody besides Will. But I guess not. I guess Lima, Ohio is a really uh, <laughs> lonely place for the above 30s. Yeah. Seems like it. Uh, just ask most of the teachers here. They're all single and horny. So all of them. <laughs> um, we uh, we get a funny episode where uh, in Ballad where Rachel is going to develop a crush on Will and uh, not much specific Emma content here aside from uh, she's going to try to give Will advice on how to get Rachel, uh, how to like let Rachel down. And then we get that fun uh, time where uh, Will singing Don't Stand So Close to Me mashed up with a young girl. And at the end, he's like, so Rachel, did you hear what I was singing? And Rachel's like, uh, yeah. And Emma's <laughs> like, oh, isn't he wonderful? Isn't he so good? And Rachel's like, yeah. And you just get that really like that's not what will was trying to get at uh but like you said emma completely just waiting to do something with will uh even though she's not which is totally digmatized wait just wait till we get to uh to a couple of episodes from now with the power of madonna of it all and uh okay let's let's hold off on that uh what else is going on here as we get to the end of this first part of season one uh emma is uh trying to help will out sue was leaked the sec uh the, the what the uh the set list for sectionals and uh the problem that emma's having is that her wedding is planned for the same day as sectionals so that's going to be a problem uh will thinks that ken purposely scheduled it that way and uh i mean yeah probably uh but when we get to sectionals we're going to find out that of course obviously will can't go because he slept on the mattress. So he asks Emma to go in his place, <laughs> which she agrees to do and uh, move her wedding back a couple hours to be able to take the kids. So, oops. Yeah. And that's going to end up being the last straw as we're going to find out from Ken. Um, but yeah, I mean, this uh, she couldn't do it anymore. She couldn't do it anymore. She's like, look, I uh, will is in trouble. The Glee Club is in trouble. I mean, as much as she loves Will, like you said before, she does also give a shit about these kids. So she was not allowed. She was not about to let the uh, sectionals just go haywire. So she uh, she takes them to sectionals, and uh, she's really not that much help <laughs> at sectionals. Yeah. I feel like uh, Rachel and Finn are kind of the ones that are able to pull pull them through. But I mean, she's there for moral support, and she's there to like uh, she's there to. Uh, let Will hear them as they sing. She holds out her phone for Will to listen. And uh, yeah, she's, you know, she's sort of like the good luck charm, as as Will would say. She has that moment where she gets super ballsy with the two directors that stole the set list for the New Directions. Uh, oh, yeah, of, yeah, you know, yeah. She, she goes up to them. Do you feel good about what you've done? Like, how are you going to raise your kids to be like liars and cheaters and all this stuff? And this is the bite that comes out. Uh, you see it like once or twice with Sue as well in the season. So uh, I don't know if we've missed any yet or if it's going to, you know, more coming up. But every once in a while, she'll like stand up for herself or stand up for people that she cares about in like this way that's like who is this emma <laughs> but it's like 
nice to see. I don't know. It's a, a little bit of an unexpected turn for the character, but it's like it becomes a consistent thing where it's like this character has this bite where she like, you know, is willing to go to bat for people that she cares about. So, yeah, but uh, as we're saying, yeah, so this is going to be the final straw for Ken. He's going to not show up at the wedding, leave Emma there. Uh, Will shows up. Uh, after sectionals to go to Emma's wedding and uh, nobody's there. It's just Emma sitting alone in this catering hall uh, and she admits to him, I moved the wedding for you. It wasn't for the kids. I did it for you. And uh, that's that. She also says that she emailed her resignation letter to Figgins and Will's like, okay, hold on a second. Um, I have to tell you something. I just left my wife and Emma's like, all right, I I gotta go. And he's like, wait, maybe you didn't hear me. I just left my wife and she's like, yeah, well, you just left your wife. Like you, this just happened. This is all way too much happening way too fast. And she's not, you know, she's not going to sit here and, and like be like, oh, I love you now. Let's go. Like you and me get married. Uh, she's she's going through a lot. She's not somebody who can take all of this in at once. Uh, it's been a stressful, you know, however many hours. So she's having a hard time with this. She's going to end up, you know, packing up to go. But before she goes... She's going to get stopped in the hallway. Yeah, so this uh, this scene, I mean, I think that Jamie Mays does such a good job with this scene. I forget the exact line, but, I mean, she's just essentially explaining to him, like, why she wants to leave because she just can't deal with the heartache anymore. It's like, I like you too much, and it, it's not going to work out between us, and, like, I don't want to be walking the, the halls and seeing you every day. It's just it's just not good for me. Um and it's like this thing that happens in TV and film that I hate all the time where it's like you finally like the 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 goal or the wish of whatever character can finally be granted but now all the characters in in a weird place and they can't make it happen I hate that shit it just pisses me off it's like y'all have been pining each other for 11 episodes and now when it's finally time for you guys to be open with each other you can't do it it's just like ugh. but you're right. We're not left in agony for too long because after the kids are going to sing some Kelly Clarkson to Mr. Shoe, <laughs> he's going to go running over to to Emma, who is just about to leave the school and then lays one on her. And this is the last episode before the hiatus of season one. So she got she got her wish. She was about to leave. She's always with it's like it's with the ultimatums with Emma. Yeah. It's like. I'm gonna I'm gonna marry Ken, but let me know if you wanna if you wanna bang real quick. All right, well never mind. I'm marrying Ken. All right, well I'm gonna quit, but if you wanna if you wanna get down with the get down, then let me know. Like it's just. I mean, yeah, it's 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 funny how it works out like that. But like you can like this poor woman goes through so much like emotional like stress every day just dealing with this because of the because uh, of all the different factors that have to go into this with the Ken with the Will with the Terry. It's like she is she's trying to do her best and you know be there for everybody. But then like like we've said and like it's a theme for her. She's never there for herself. So when it's time to be there for herself, she's like, wait a second, I I, I have way too much to process right now. But yeah, uh, Will stops her and all that so that's how we end that first part you give her a gold star in that episode so and it sounds like just what you were just talking about that that whole thing resonated uh with you a little bit so there's emma's third gold star in 13 episodes so look at her go and her next one's gonna come pretty soon as we start uh back up in episode 14 of season one and she's gonna get a gold star from me in this episode uh we open back up emma and will are in her office she's obviously still here at mckinley he's gonna point out that hey we've been here just like this plenty of times before in your office the only difference now is that i can lean over the desk and kiss you if i wanted to and i want to uh and emma's like hold on a second not not yet i need to clean up first 
first, I need to, you know, uh, there's, there's too much going on here. It's a mess. Uh, and, you know, just kind of bringing that back into the story as well, because as much as they want to show us Emma and Will, they also are trying to show us this person who is always constantly suffering from the OCD that she suffers from. Um, also, I don't know that we've ever touched on the exact term for this, but uh, the her, her Glee wiki page uh, says a lot about uh, misophobia. Do you are you too, uh, familiar at all with this term? Because I'm not, so I'm afraid to like touch too much of it because I'm not the most educated in this and what it is. I mean, we obviously know what it is, but I don't want to like get into details about it. Do you know anything more about it? About misophobia? Misophobia, okay. Uh, I, I That sounds so familiar. Google, Google calls it an extreme yeah. or irrational fear of dirt or contamination. So obviously, you know, it makes sense. It's exactly what uh, Emma's going through. But I think like overall, it just kind of gets labeled as OCD uh, by, on the show. You know, they never bring up this exact term on the show, right? Or do I they? don't think so. I'm looking it up right now. Yeah. Um, oh my god, there's so there's like two really close words. There's misophonia and then there's misophobia. And misophonia apparently is like uh, an aversion to like specific sounds like a pencil tapping or chewing gum or something like that. And then misophobia is what you just said. Yeah. <laughs> right. Definitely has that. It's just, uh, like I said, they, they kind of just only kind of refer to it as OCD, like especially, you know, the born this way of it all when they she's wearing the shirt. So I don't know um, if anybody, you know, knows more about this. Uh, would love to, you know, hear uh, more of like an explanation of. I guess it's just like a distinction because like you can have OCD and everyone's OCD is going to be different for mm-hmm. like, you know, so someone can be because the, 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 the heart of the, of the disorder is like the obsessive compulsion. Right. But what you are obsessive um, or compulsive about varies from person to person. So in sure. Emma's case, she is, yeah, she's, it's about this. cannot deal with mess. Whereas mm-hmm. someone else with OCD might, you know, they might, feel like they need to, uh, I don't know, always check to see if something is off or on, or, you know, they, they are really meticulous about how their contacts in their phone need to be. So it's, 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 it's always different depending on the person. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, just something that we're getting reminded of off the bat here. Uh, Emma's going to come over for a date night. At Will's house, they dance together, they share a kiss, but they're not going to have sex because Emma is going to reveal for the first time that she is, in fact, still a virgin. Uh, Will like seems a little bit upset. Yeah. <laughs> for the very first time. For the virgin. Yeah. Uh, Will seems a little upset, but he says he understands. Uh, I don't think he's, like, the most upset because uh, it's not like she comes right off the bat saying, like, you know, this isn't what I want until marriage kind of thing. It's just like, I, I'm just, I haven't done it yet. Uh, Will also in this episode is going to make out with Shelby, which Emma is going to be unaware of. And I remember, uh, I think you flagged it up or, or we uh, collectively we flagged up like, is anyone going to tell Emma about this? Like, this is not, <laughs> they're trying to like spark up some kind of new relationship. And, uh, and now he's off making out with Shelby just because Emma's not having sex with him, which is like obviously awkward as well. Cause later on, we're going to see Emma still just, you know, head over heels, uh, making dinner for Will. Uh, Terry's going to show up at one point to collect her DVDs, and they have a pretty tense interaction there, uh, which is going to, like, turn this whole this whole episode is such a wild ride for them because they start off in such a good place, and then later on, oh, no. you know, the, sh- the Shelby it's stuff, and by the end of it, Emma's confronting Will because she found out from Terry that Hello was their 
their song at prom, but Will also picked it to be like their song and he keeps playing it for the two of them. And uh, she's like, all right, maybe, maybe we're not ready for this. Maybe you need some more time to figure yourself out if you're still playing your prom song with Terry for you and I. Yeah, it's always it's this is always so interesting to me because I always felt like this, like Emma and Will finally being able to get together seemed to happen so prematurely. But in the same breath, I'm also happy that the the whole fake pregnancy storyline does not progress throughout the entire season because it would have gotten really old. Um, So the fact that he does break it off with Terry in the middle um, is great. But at the same time, it's like, oh, well, fuck. Now we have to have some sort of conflict between Emma and Will or else it's not going to like there's it's not going to be interesting there's no story here so now it's of course him trying to figure out how to like move on from his past customs he's so accustomed to life with Terry because she's had such a hold on him for over a decade at this point so now he's trying to figure out who he is single cuz he came right out of high school with Terry mm-hmm. and uh Emma's able to realize that it's like look like you don't know how to be you you like who is Will Schuster without Terry you need to figure that out or this cannot happen cuz I'm not about to be sitting here being antagonized by your crazy ex-wife and listening to songs and watching movies that you guys used to watch together. Like, fuck this. And this shit's going to so. go on for four seasons before they end up getting together <laughs> and married. We're going to play this I game know, for I know. four it's seasons, so four years of this before we actually tie the knot uh, and and it's not just because I always you always think of it as like oh they get married you know they they have the wedding in the middle of season four no it's at the end of season four after yeah. <laughs> like at the very end of things that they're like okay now we can let these two characters be happy in love and married it takes so long to get there it's crazy it it is crazy like it's <laughs> it's just it's really they won't they for, for four seasons it's like why are we why are we doing this and it's not and then yeah, all for it's a culminate in a fucking silly ass wedding in the damn choir room like i mean like, we're happy to have you but damn britanna and clane you know getting married after four or five six seasons whatever you would call it uh i guess five seasons for both of them technically uh you get that because they're young and they should be getting married as late or, or okay, sorry, not should be. Uh, but like uh, traditionally you expect them to be like a little, like as old as we can possibly see them when they get married. It doesn't have to be, but that's what it is uh, here. But these adults that are like together for so long, you can tell that they're in love from the second that they meet each other. The fact that it takes so long to get them actually to the, uh, to the altar. I'm making air quotes right now, you know, in the choir room to get married, but whatever, that's besides the point. Uh, let's continue on in Emma's journey here of uh, her sexuality because uh, Sue is going to key in on this being something that she's, uh, you know, insecure about. So uh, while Madonna is playing everywhere in the school, because Sue is uh, the number one Madonna stand on earth, uh, she's going <laughs> to play it everywhere that. but Emma Pillsbury's office. And she's like, why isn't it playing in my office? I want to bop to like a virgin and for a second to save the world and all that shit. And Emma tell, or Sue tells her because she has no sex appeal, which is going to get to her. And I mean, Sue's right though. She doesn't really have much. Like <laughs> she dresses like a fifty-year-old librarian, and uh, like just walks around with a Clorox bottle in hand. Like mm-hmm. it's not. What's sexy about that? Emma, come on. So she's gonna take charge though. <laughs> she's gonna go find Will and tell him, "You and me tonight, we're doing the nasty. <laughs> we're gonna we'll begin fuck. at exactly seven p.m. sharp." And he's like, "Uh, yeah." <laughs> this is so sad. Like one of the cringiest things. To me, is like when people have to schedule sex. But I have friends that talk about how they have to do it, too. And I'm like, is this what adulthood is? Like, it's mm. not spontaneous. Like, you have to, like, okay, at 8 p.m., we're going to bang because 
at 9 p.m. I have to do this. It's just like, why? Like, I, I hate that so much. Don't you think those people would be like spending the entire day not thinking about anything else but 8 p.m.? Like, I don't know. That's just. <laughs> I mean, I would shit. Like, that's just like scheduling sex. Like, it's just crazy to me. Yeah, well, uh, so yeah, Emma's going to tell Will, demanding, in fact, that they're going to do the nasty that night at his place. Uh, We're going to get the Like a Virgin, uh, of course, uh, cover here with Emma and Will, Santana and Finn, Rachel and Jesse. We find out, though, that Emma did not, in fact, go through with it. All of that seemed to be a bit of a dream sequence because she actually ran out of his apartment with no shoes on. She's going to apologize to him the next day, and he says, yeah, it's okay. No worries. And yet again, they're going to decide we're doing this all wrong. We need to stop trying to to push this and be together until after Will's divorce is finalized. So let's put a break. Uh, let's put let's put the brakes on this because we are going way too fast. Emma is very uncomfortable moving at this speed, and uh, Will is really learning t- uh, to whether or not he's willing to be patient in order to be with her. Yeah, they they uh both learning that they need to uh, figure out some things on their own. I feel like Emma did so much time anticipating um, what it would be like to be with Will, um, but didn't actually think about all of the details. And now that now that all of these problems are beginning to arise, they realize that like, look, like we we have to figure this out because this is not this is not working for us at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah, um, I, I think it's I think it's a step in the right direction, though. I mean, obviously, it's just going to prolong the story between the two of them. But um, yeah, <laughs> why don't you keep on moving? Take us into bad reputation, because I know this is a uh, scene coming up that you're uh, particularly <laughs> fond of. So Sue, in all of her Sueish ways, will go ahead and spill the beans to Emma that Will was uh, making out with Shelby over at his apartment before. And she is going to try to break them up. And so, so much like doubt between the two of them. So she encourages Emma to go ahead and be forthright uh, with Will about how she feels and, you know, take everything into into her own hands. And this is the epic scene between the two of them. Will is like in the cafeteria or the teacher's lounge talking with some other teacher about how her husband just died, but she is going to. Uh, not be deterred because she's like, oh, so you're catching them fresh off the rebound, huh, Will? <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> so, here's the bite. Here's the bite with Emma once again. <laughs> you're a slut, Will. You're a slut. You're a slut. You're a slut. Actually, did you know I was seeing a therapist? Did you know that? I've been trying to work through my issues so that I can be with you. Will, do you think that's fun for me? It's not fun. It's absolutely humiliating. And come to find out, you were uh, flirting all with someone named Shelby and you slept with April Rhodes. How did you find out about that? Oh, so you're not, you're not denying it. Oh, wow. Okay. See, I thought we were working through this. I thought when you said that you were trying to figure out things, I really thought that you meant that I'm not going to stand for this anymore. I'm not, I'm putting my foot down and I'm finally sticking up for myself. You're a slut, Will. You're a slut. You're a slut. You're a slut. You're a slut. And everyone should know that. And you should know what I'm through with you. I'm very sorry for your husband. (laughs) <laughs> wow who is this who is this woman uh coming through here uh sue sylvester works her magic uh gets emma wound up exactly to the extent that she wants and even more here uh you're a slut you're a slut you're a slut 
And that's uh, that's going to obviously not sit well with uh, Will or both of them, really. He's going to apologize to her later on. And he's like, look, if we are ever going to work for, through this, like we ha- I think Emma is actually the one who says this, like we need to see each other for who we really are. And if who you really are is when you don't get sex the, the exact second you want it, you're a slut and you need to go find somebody else to go have sex with. Then I need to know that because I need to know who I'm dealing with and what I'm working with and decide if this is ever going to work for both of us. So she's like we both need to be exactly who we are why would she ever drag him like that she did not have to drag him in the middle of the cafeteria we are so grateful she did it's not confirmed though that he actually slept with april Rhodes, though right no i don't think we're ever led to believe that that actually happened oh no 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 no, no. it is confirmed because uh he talks to april the next day and april's like all we did was sleep so yeah yeah he he sleeps in the same bed with her but they don't they don't have sex that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, no, they sleep in the same bed. We see that at the end of the song there, but they definitely don't do it. Otherwise, it would have definitely been brought up. Uh, but it's just like, no, they had a sleepover. But Sue pushes a different narrative to obviously make Emma more upset, and that's where we are. But the funny uh, thing yeah. about this for me is that I think that prior to this episode, Emma was kind of like a little absent. Like she wasn't in as many scenes. So it's just so funny that like she misses, like she's not on set for like two episodes or so. And then when she comes right. back, she drags Will. It's like, bitch, where you been? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. No wonder he's sleeping around with Shelby and whatever the hell, because you're not there. Like, where yep. are you? Uh, to close off season one here, we're going to go to the final episode. Will is going to come to Emma for some advice uh, pre-regionals. And, you know, he, you know, he's struggling with the kids. Everybody's nervous. This is regionals. She's, like, uh, reminding him that, you know, remember that video that you watched about yourself. It was the best moment of your life. You loved what you were doing. Isn't that what you're trying to teach the kids? You know, that winning isn't what matters most. It's all about, you know, the experience, the journey, everybody having a good time, whatever, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Uh, she also tells Will that she's been seeing her dentist. So... Uh, note that for the start of season two that uh, does start back here in season one she is seeing somebody else and uh, she I think Will's the one that makes a comment like kind of suggesting or asking like have you done it and she's like "Uh, no 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 I'm just dating seeing uh, any of your business anyway bitch right um, and then uh, the way, you know, this episode's going to be obviously way more about the Glee Club and all that, but uh, we're going to get one final hero moment, I guess, from Emma towards the end. Uh, the New Directions do not win at regionals. They're going to uh, not win. And of course, that means that Glee Club is over. But Emma's going to take a stop in Figgins's office arguing about them being canceled. Uh, she is not happy about this decision. Will is kind of accepting it at this point. He's like, Emma, that's the deal. We lost. There's nothing we can do. Uh, And she's like, I don't care what anyone else says. Some things are worth fighting for. Like, you should be fighting it just as hard as I want to right now. Uh, And when she talks about that, you know, some things are worth fighting for. He's like, you sure you're talking about the kids? You know, not us. And she's like, of course, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, But we're not going to be able to get out of here without one final Will and Emma kiss. So, uh, you know, while she says no, she tries to walk away. He's going to kind of grab her by the arm and pull her back in for one final kiss. So she's seeing the dentist and he's like, no, you're going to kiss me. And that's these two in a nutshell. Yeah. um, She's back to being all in on the kids again. And with Will and uh, she's really trying to stand up to Figgy. And so yeah, there's like, there's so many, I got, I'm just now realizing once again that she has so much bite in season one. She's always arguing with Figgins or Sue or somebody or Will, calling Will a slut and then it just kind of dissipates afterwards as soon as they start dating. But um, 
Yeah, uh, he lays one on her once again because that's what Will does. He just likes to grab women and kiss them. But it's kind of like Emma, you know, I mean, she she likes him. She 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 loves him. And this is just the cue once again. It's like, oh, they're back on, even though she's with the dentist. But hold on till season two because we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just... uh, my, my other uh, notes here, I have a separate section in our notes here of uh, any time that the kids came to Emma for some advice. So in season one, I'll flag up when Emma gives Finn and Quinn advice on how to be popular again. And she sees Will walk by with the sunglasses and she's like, sunglasses, sunglasses. You should wear sunglasses indoors. They're going to look so cool. Everybody will just be like, those are the coolest kids in school. They're wearing sunglasses. Yeah. Just to speak to the advice that Emma gives to these kids. Uh, They're going to get older over time and they're going to need advice on like real life things. I mean, there was real life things going on here. Quinn was pregnant and she, you know, was asking Finn. So like, what's going on? Like, how's things? How are uh, how is your plans for anything potentially going on? So she does step in, obviously, for some important things. But then like they come to her for like, how do I be popular? And she's like, uh, sunglasses. I wouldn't know about that. I don't have a pamphlet for that. Sorry. Sunglasses. All right, let's move on into season two. Uh, Emma is back at the school. She's got her new hot dentist boyfriend, none other than Dr. Carl, Mr. Jesse. John Stamos. I was going to call him Jesse Katsopoulos. Do you believe that that was about to come out of my mouth? Jesse Katsopoulos, uh, because his actual last name. I've never watched uh, Full House, so I wouldn't know. Well, that's not his last name for more than one episode. Uh, why can I not think of his last name? Oh, my God. This is so embarrassing. Jesse Full House. This is so embarrassing. Mm, the Full House stands are going to come for you. Wait, it is. Is it? What is going on? His last name Remember is when Netflix. Remember when Netflix like, renewed I'm, the I'm series an and called I'm a dumb Fuller idiot. House? Yeah, and then like, there was like a porn version of it called Fuller Holes. No. I was disgusted. No, 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 I don't know anything about that and I don't want to. La, 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 la. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm an idiot. His last name is Katsopoulos. Uh, his uh, his other last name that was supposed to be is uh, Jesse Cochran. So that's what I was thinking of that it was wrong. But I don't know. I don't know what just happened in my head. Let's just ignore it and move on. Uh, <laughs> she is obviously dating Dr. Carl to start off season two. Uh, he is uh, apparently uh, working out as a, as a good person to be in her life. He's like Loosening her up a little bit, not in that way. Um, he is helping her with the problems that she has in life, and uh, she's really like raving about like all of the good things that happen when they're together. Uh, Will's obviously a little bit jealous of it. Uh, he's going to end up taking Doctor Carl's offer up on uh, how he's going to come to speak the new to the new directions about dental hygiene. A little bit of uh, awkward interactions there. Will's going to even end up going for a cleaning, which is going to be weird because then he shows up and they talk about Emma and uh, Carl's like, so like you think you're going to like maybe back off. I know that like, you know, you guys had something or whatever, but like, you know, I'm dating her now. And Will's like, yeah, I don't think so. I I think if uh, there's any reason for me not to back off, then I'm not going to. So sorry. I know this isn't the Will podcast, but still seems important to bring that up here. Yeah. He's uh, really going to lay it on thick with, um, with Carl here because I mean, he wants Emma, and uh, you should have been a little bit more serious with Emma and not making out with Shelby and being a slut back in season one. So now you've lost your chance, and now she's with someone who is dedicated to cleaning because <laughs> he's a damn That's dentist. True. So, <laughs> yeah, Emma, Emma got herself a man. I, I really, I wish that they, we would have like shown a a flashback scene to like how they first met, like how, what the what the conversation was like. Like, so how did it how did it start? But um, it was probably because. If anything, it was probably Carl that initiated it because Emma's teeth were probably uber, uber clean because she's <laughs> like that. 
and he was like, "Oh my God, your teeth are like the sexiest teeth I've ever seen." And then the rest is history. So mm. the rest is history. Uh, so yeah, he is, uh, you know, not, not willing to back off very much. In fact, he wants to, uh, show Emma that he can let loose as well. Like, you know, Dr. Carl is like this smooth, like, you know, uh, smooth and silky, like, you know, living life, hair flowing through the wind kind of guy. And he's like, I can be that too. I'm not just this, like, you know, suit and tie and vest guy. Uh, he's going to sing toxic with the kids to uh, try to show that side of him. That rhymes. There we go. Uh, <laughs> but obviously this doesn't go over very well with the toxic performance. Uh, Emma's not too taken as much as she could have been, I guess. And next thing you know, there's a whole Lauren Zeises is. Lauren is. Lauren Zeises is. Jacob and Israel is with some of the girls. I love how that's never girls. brought up again. Like how she's like literally like the main one that incites that whole sex riot. And then she joins the Glee Club the next year or in like in a couple of Soon, days yeah. or whatever. And <laughs> never like says anything about it. I mean, she's chasing. Uh, she's chasing Puck. Obviously, uh, that's totally not true. She's uh, with Puck. Uh, you know, that's the storyline there. She's not chasing Puck. Um, but yeah, I, I would have not minded if uh, there was like that underlying story of like Lauren, you know, secretly like wanting Will Schuster. That would have been funny. Um, what else? So he's going to apologize to Emma about his behavior. Emma's like, "You shouldn't try to change yourself just for me." Blah blah blah. Rocky Horror Glee show of course, is going to open up with uh, Dr. Carl storming onto stage with the motorcycle for that scene where he is going to proclaim, Schuster, you messing with my woman? I thought we had a deal. And then we're going to back up in time and see how it all played out uh, as Will is going to do this entire Rocky Horror that you and I and Chappelle just rewatched just for Emma. Yeah, and so here's the thing, because if we're talking about Emma, do we think that she does enough here, or do we think that she's guilty of what Will was doing in season one, where she doesn't, like, put her foot down and say, look, I'm with Carl, it's not going to happen, you need to back off, or is she enjoying the attention? And if, if she's enjoying the attention, then why drag Carl into this? I just feel like Emma can be so messy, and we don't talk about it. That's a great point. Uh, like an absolutely great comparison uh, with the whole season one thing, because, yeah, now Emma's in a relationship that she seems to be, you know, it's not like right off the bat we saw Will and Terry having problems. Like they seemed, you know, obviously Terry was a bit much, uh, but it wasn't right away that we saw that there was like obvious like this is not going to work out. It was, you know, a couple episodes in that the signs started to become clearer and clearer. Uh, but yeah, Emma is in a relationship where obviously she likes this guy, but, you know, we probably can assume that she still has feelings for will but no she definitely doesn't do enough to be like you need to back off i am with carl now like it did not work out between us she's just like yeah i like him and you know things are great and obviously will's not over you so you should probably make it clear with him to to settle down for now like will is specifically saying to carl i'm not backing off because i think there could still be a chance yeah she's uh i mean she's she enjoys the attention i think that that's like what it boils down to which is fine but like you know, like Carl, Carl's a good guy. Like, I, like I wouldn't. He's a dentist. He got money, and he's handsome. Like, pick your poison, boo, and yeah. stick with it because you have two great men here um, that are obviously like. Because Carl's like really, really into Emma. Like, I don't think it's explored enough just how much he like. Because he puts up with a lot. Like, they stay together for for quite like for for most of season two mm-hmm. um, until he just finally can't do it anymore. Once Holly Holiday, you know, gets her ass up <laughs> in there, but um. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 messy, Emma. It's it's yeah. messy. Do better. And do she better. doesn't like messy. 
Well, that's for sure. Uh, Will's going to ask her to be the costume designer for Rocky Horror. She enthusiastically accepts. Uh, Of course she wants to. Uh, Will also is going to end up in a situation where he just has to fill in for Rocky because Sam is not comfortable in the costume and nobody else will do it. So Will has to strip down to his gold shorts and, you know, be like half naked up on the stage. But he needs to rehearse the number as well. So he needs Emma's help. He needs uh, to rehearse for Touch a Touch a Touch Me. Uh, He's going to ask Emma to practice with him. And she's like, yeah, sure. Why not? And by the time that the song is all said and done, she is ripping all of his clothes off. She is sweating, panting all over him. He's all over her. Uh, It is, you know, you might as well like this, like Emma's not losing her virginity here by any means, but like they are so close to what Will is looking for out of this relationship here. Uh, He like he's completely, you know, shirts off here. Uh, They might as well. I mean, they are going to at one point in their lives do it in the school, uh, but it's surprising that this is not the time <laughs> that it happens. Touch it, touch it, touch it, touch me. I want to be dirty. No, you don't. You don't want to be dirty, Emma. Emma You're the antithesis of dirty. Creature of the night. Oh, Creature touch it, touch it, touch it, touch me. Oh. I want to be dirty. Feel me, tell me, fulfill me. Creature of the night. Creature of the night. Uh, yeah, so she's gonna just dance all up and down, tearing his clothes off, blah, blah, and, you know, she feels guilty about it, so she's gonna go and tell her boyfriend, Mr. Dr. Carl, about what happened, and, uh, she's gotta be full honest with him, like, that's their relationship policy, everything is out in the open, it's all full honesty, so he's gonna show up at rehearsal and confront Will about it. Obviously kind of awkward there. Will and Emma have a talk at the end of the episode. They discuss that he needs to let her go for now. So they do finally have this talk. It's a couple, you know, like weeks too late at this point. He's already gone through all of this embarrassment on his own end. But uh, they are finally going to have that talk, which is important. Uh, It's not good enough, uh, I guess, for Emma later on. uh, You know, we get to the uh, sectionals episode for season two. And Emma is going to back out of going to sectionals with them because of the whole Rocky Horror incident. It upset Carl too much. Uh, After the New Directions win at sectionals, Will's going to run to Emma's office to show her the trophy. And Emma's going to actually end up telling Will about a weekend that in Vegas that she just had with Dr. Carl, where they she's now Emma Pillsbury Howell uh, at the end of all things here. She did it. She uh, she was like, I'm not about to go through what I went through season one. I'm actually going to go through with the wedding this time. I'm getting married and we're doing it shotgun style. Before I have the chance to say no. And, uh, I mean, I mean, if he took her to Vegas and, like, showered her with, you know, gifts and adventure, I mean, I'd be, I'd, I'd say yes, too. Shit, I'd marry Dr. Carl. <laughs> so. Wanky. Wanky. Yeah, I mean, this is, uh, I, I, I still kind of feel, though, and maybe I'm demonizing Emma too much here, so, you know, drag me if I'm wrong, Matt or audience. I feel like she did this on purpose. Not because she wanted to marry Carl. I mean, I think that, I think there was some of that in there, but I think that she wanted a reaction out of Will. That's what I think. Hmm. Because you don't go, you don't go from gyrating all over Will's naked chest two episodes ago to getting married. It just doesn't. It doesn't well, work well so there, there is a little bit of a time gap here. Uh, the, the early part of the season doesn't have a whole lot of Emma. Where we just covered, you know, three main episodes that her storyline takes place in. Brittany is in episode two. Rocky Horror is in episode five, and then Sectionals is usually right before Christmas. So uh, that's you know the special education episode there. So I guess this whole thing happened pretty much over the course of like three months. Uh, this early on here, so. 
as much as it's, you know, we're talking about it quick, I do feel like the time frame here, especially with her saying to Will, like, you need to move on and forget about me. Like, in my head, if she wanted to go forward with Will, the opportunity was there at the end of season one, anytime here. But she realized all of these things that were happening with Will that were scaring her, uh, like like things becoming serious. And whether or not she recognized that or if she was just like, no, maybe this isn't what I had pictured. This isn't what I wanted. Either way, she had her chance. She, it's not like, what I want. It's not what I planned. Exactly. Exactly, Sharpay. Um, so she could have gone through with this if she wanted and had Will, but Will, you know, the whole time being like, you know, kissing her at the end of season one and then trying to get her here, she did not want him back. Like she, yeah, he got her to, you know, almost like, you know, be all physical in the uh, re- rehearsing for that song because, you know, he, he pulled her in with her love of Rocky Horror. That was him being manipulative. So I don't know that I agree with what you just said. I think I think she genuinely felt good moving forward with Dr. Carl. And uh, that was, you know, something that was working out for her. But every opportunity that Will is going to have to kind of bring her closer back to him, he's going to take. I mean, point taken. I just, it just the way that it, like, the way that she shows him that ring and everything, knowing exactly how he, I mean, you could be right. It could be more of a, I'm married now. Like, it's, it's done. Like, so, Will, like, I know that we've had our flirtations in the past, but we have to stop now because look at this ring. If you like it, you should have put a ring on it. So, it could be a bit of that. But I also just feel like, I mean, she never really stopped liking Will. So, all of these Dr. Carl is Carl. just so good for her. I mean, he is hot. He is he is successful. He is clean. He helps her with her OCD and puts that first in their relationship and puts her first. Like, there's nothing wrong with this guy. Like, there's no reason for her to not want to be with him. Yeah, there really is no downside. We don't see any downside. Yeah. Uh, so. At all. So she gets married in Vegas with him and she comes back to report the news. So there's that. Uh Glad on, glad for them. Uh, glad it all. All right, now out. let's talk about sex. Let's talk about sex. What do you want to talk about? Um. So Emma is the uh, the moderator or the chaperone or the staff faculty member for the celibacy club, which consists of uh, who's in that bitch? Rachel. Rachel Quinn and Quinn. eventually Puck joins. <laughs> and Puck, uh, Sam was going to join in season three because <laughs> he just wants to get with Mercedes. Yeah. But uh, yeah, she's the uh, captain of the Telespeak Club, and uh, sex is the theme of the week this time around. Um, and who should also return to the school but one Miss Holly Holiday, yeah, which is going to frazzle Emma because of the fact that uh, there's obviously a, a connection between Holly and Will as well. Emma realizes that. Um, so there's like a little bit of jealousy that comes in here. But the real problem here is that uh, Holly being the resident sex educator at the school for the week um, is going to provide counsel for both Will and Dr. Carl. Excuse me, Dr. Carl. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Emma and you Dr. keep doing this. You keep putting two random men from this world together, Ryder and Jake, Will and Carl. I mean, and I'm the crazy one for having uh, Faberry fan fiction. <laughs> Come on. My bad. <laughs> hey, look, that, those would be infinitely more interesting than fucking uh, Faberry, okay? So I stand by He it. says as a gay man who definitely would be more interested in, in anything related to either of those two couples. So, um, yeah, he uh, she is going to get in with the nitty gritty with the two of them and 
asks them like what's going on like why aren't they being intimate with one another and dr carl is letting holly know that like he's been patient he's done everything that he can like it's been it's been it, but they're married now and it's it's really really uh it's it's kind of weird now because we haven't done it and Holly asks Emma, is it about, is this about Will? Do you so, are you still harboring feelings for Will? And Emma isn't able to answer. And so Dr. Carl is able to get the answer by the in answer. So, um, right. This is kind of like the beginning of the end. Yeah. Uh, the counseling is really going to kind of set things in uh, stone here that things are not working out between the two of them. Uh, Carl's going to move out of the condo and say, you know what? We, we tried, I, I really do and did love you and whatever, but like, this is just not going to work out. Uh, you know, the, the the obviously what seals the deal here is that it's pointed out that, yes, Emma still has feelings for Will. Can't move forward into marriage when there's still lingering feelings for an ex that are so glaring. It's not like she, you know, like this was uncovered with like in private with like Holly and uh, and Emma. No, like Carl knows about this as well. It's it's pretty obvious. So that's it. It's going to be the end of things here. In a night of neglect, we're going to find out that Carl has left for good. It's over. It's done. She is uh, stressed out about it all because she has lost her man that, you know, was helping her with all of this. And now that he's gone, all of these issues that Emma deals with on a regular basis are kind of coming back out again because they were, again, you know, he was helping her with all of it. And now she's back in exactly where she started. She's stressed out, you know, cleaning the, scrubbing the counter with a toothbrush. Uh, Will's trying to be there for her. But Emma's like, I, I just thought that by this time in my life, I would have overcome this OCD. I thought I would have been able to, you know move forward and, and be and beat it, essentially. She's just really upset that she hasn't. And, you know, Will's really trying to be there for her. He cleans a grape and feeds her by hand, which is going to, you know, kind of make her feel a little bit better that he's willing to, you know, clean with her and, you know, just kind of be cute with her, whatever. So there's that. But it's going to become a, uh, you know, an important thing here as we move into Born This Way as well, because uh, the OCD that Emma deals with is really weighing on her. And uh, the kids are all dealing with some of their own issues as well. Emma's going to have this idea with Will that they should embrace themselves. They should all take things that, you know, they're insecure about and just learn to love it. And Will's like, oh, that's a great idea, Emma. Like, we should all learn to love the things that we don't love about ourselves. So he wants her, you know, of course, the OC, uh, sorry, the uh, the the shirts that they're all going to wear uh, are going to highlight something about themselves. And Will's fully expecting to see Emma show up with a shirt that says OCD on it. But Emma's going to reveal to the Glee Club her insecurity, her her, her thing about herself and she's going to wear the shirt that says ginger and he's like are you kidding me yeah <laughs> ginger really <laughs> all my life i've been told that gingers have no souls and that we smell of copper and burnt iron <laughs> <laughs> well i'm here today <laughs> proudly <laughs> this <laughs> <laughs> hooray hooray was that, is that the same line or is that a different episode I can't no remember. that's something else that's uh <laughs> i know what you're talking about but i can't identify it right now um yeah i mean just be honest with yourself emma like i mean you know i mean you know what's been going on with you you like it's it's no secret um and you also have allowed this to like sort of like really interfere with the relationships that you have um so if you can't even be honest with a bunch of like high schoolers about your ocd when this is like really a low stakes situation then how do you ever really expect to to get better um, right. Uh, I really love the scene with her at the therapist, though, because we rarely get scene, like scenes with just Emma and no one else. Like it's always Emma is like an add-on. This is like the first time that we got a scene hey, wait, with just Emma. Th this passes the Bechtel test. It does. 
It does. For the first time. There we go. Emma is at her therapist's office and she's speaking to another woman. It's her therapist. And they're talking about Emma and her, uh, the fact, you know, all of her OCD problems and everything. She spends 48 of that 50 minute session cleaning. So her therapist is very easy, uh, easily identifying what's going on here. She is going to prescribe her some pills to help. But I guess this is Emma's only scene, right? That uh, not about Will. Yeah, it's the only scene not about Will. And it's, um... I, I like the line specifically about like, oh, um, I this like this is who I need to like, this is who I'm supposed to be. I, I don't want to like change who I am. I don't want to start uh, popping pills um, and become, you know, one of these weird zombie like people. And then her therapist is like, well, no, this is your illness is not who you're supposed to be. Your illness is like keeping you from who you who you need to be, who you're supposed to be. And I think that's a really important distinction. And I think that that's something that as much as Emma is like a guidance counselor and is able to to uh, guide a lot of other people, she has done a really good job of like lying to herself and leading her own self astray. So um, yeah, it's just, it just really, really cool growth to see from Emma, at least in this yeah. one scene. Yeah, and she's going to end up back at the school. She, you know, is going to show up for the Born This Way number with all the Glee kids and Will. And uh, while Will's got his butt chin shirt on, uh, Emma's wearing her OCD shirt. So finally coming to accept it and willing to, you know, move forward, be honest about it all. And, you know, the only way that she can move forward is like like we're saying, if you, you know, talk about it and, and, you know, discuss it with the people that love and care about you. And getting uh, professional help is definitely a, an added bonus there that she's going to have. So... Uh, things are moving in the right direction on that end, even if she's not having the most success with the love life. Uh, but getting towards the end of season two, uh, we're going to see Emma is encouraging Will to follow his Broadway dreams. April is back at the school here with that whole plan that Will, I'm sorry, that uh, Sue and Terry had. Uh, so, I mean, while he's considering all of this, she's like, yeah, I mean, if that's what you want to do, go for it. That's, you know, uh, she encouraged him to do all of this stuff for the kids really early on. But now she's at a point where I guess she's been by Will's side this whole time. And she sees that maybe he's just not as happy as he could be. And she wants to, you know, encourage him to do something that will make him that happy. And if that's going to Broadway, try it out. If this opportunity is there, go for it. Uh, When it's time to get ready to go to New York, the Glee Club has obviously got their nationals there this year. And uh, he's going to, she's going to help him pack for it. Just insisting, you know, follow your dreams. This is the time to do so. And uh, really not a whole lot left between these two at the end of the season. You know, obviously, we like we said, four seasons before they're going to be together for good. Uh, the New Directions are going to end up coming in 12th place at Nationals. Emma and Will don't get like a uh, much of a conclusion at the end of the season, as far as I remember. It's just they seem to be either together or just doing well. And, you know, at least they're friends. You know, she went through all of that stuff with Dr. Carl and now she's working on herself. So uh, she means it when she says that, that you need to work on yourself. I need to work on myself before we actually, you know, can, can make this work for good. So we end our second season with, uh, you know, they're okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, she's really encouraging him to leave, (laughs) which is the antithesis of what she was doing to him at, uh, in season one. Like, yeah, go ahead. And, uh, and, 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 uh, follow your dreams this time. Screw those kids. Even though I convinced you to stay over here, (laughs) For the kids. But yeah, I mean, she's it, there really isn't too much, like you said, towards the end of this because it, it's sort of like abates after the whole thing with Dr. Carl. That was like the main part of Emma's storyline in season two. Um, but she does help him pack. They go to New York. But well, of course, he's not going to leave those kids. He can't do that. And uh, even though they lose once again, at least he's going to stick around. And so once again, it's what's going to happen in season three. Are they finally going to get together? Let's find out. 
Moving on into season three, Will and Emma have moved in together. Seems like everything is uh, going well. They are happy. They are together. So, you know, no surprise there. They're not, you know, finally deep into the relationship uh, by any means. Things are, I guess, just getting started again. So, all right. Sure. Uh, The early episodes here are not going to be too much as we get, you know, uh, Emma and Coach Beast are going to be serving as co-directors for West Side Story alongside Artie. So that's something that's happening early on here. Emma, with all of her experience judging the mashups with the guys and the girls, I guess that's enough of experience for her to direct an entire musical. Coach Beast, uh, you know, football coach definitely has the experience as well. So Will leaving this in trustworthy hands here uh, for the West Side Story of it all. But things are going to pick up for Emma when she gets over to, I think it's episode three, Asian F in season three, where Will is going to ask Emma about potentially meeting her parents. And she's very hesitant to agree to this. Uh, He's going to invite them over for dinner. Uh, She's really not happy about it. Her parents turn out to be some uh, lovely folks, very, uh, very much uh, ginger supremacists, some might say that are going to tease Emma about her OCD. They think it's, uh, you know, they think that uh, she's, they they call her crazy, this and that. They're like, you know, there's something wrong with her. Uh, And just these two, you you are not surprised why Emma did not want to bring them around Will. They're dead. What are you talking about, Matt? Her parents are dead. Right. (laughs) Oops. Yeah, these, her parents are assholes. And no wonder she developed a disorder because... I think anybody would develop a disorder by uh, being parented by these two. They are indeed ginger supremacists. They often, I guess, frequented the uh, they frequented breadsticks when they were young, when Emma was younger, and they always had this redhead waiter. And one time when they had a Latina waitress come, they had to like wipe down the glasses because they could never be too sure. So, yeah, they're just right. they're racists and they're 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 just horrible people. And so I wouldn't want I would not want my uh, significant other to meet my parents either. Yeah, it's like obviously uh, we see that she's not had support over the years uh, as far as, you know, any of anything that she's you know been working through as she got, gets older. She's really been doing it all by herself. And that's why it was such a, a great thing. That's why it was such a great thing for her to have Will around early on when it seemed like he was willing to help her, but then things got rocky there and rocky. Uh, And then uh, you had Dr. Carl that was helping her out. So she really is somebody that benefits from having somebody to help her in her life, which is by no means anything specific to Emma. Uh, So many people prefer to go through life by having somebody by their side to help them out. And her parents just were never that for her. So uh, she's, you know, struggling with all of this. She's very upset. This is the episode where we're going to get Will singing Fix You because he's trying to apologize for inviting them over in the first place. And she gets on her knees to start praying. And he's like, not exactly sure how to go about this or what to do. But he's like, I'm, you know, I want to be there for her. I want to, I want to, you know, help her in any way that I can and I will try to fix you lights will guide you home and ignite okay so uh, totally random story I don't know if I told this the first time probably not but uh, fix you is so um, I, I also don't talk a whole lot about my hockey standom fandom uh, whatever you would call it on here but I am a long a lifelong Islanders fan my dad uh, definitely did that you know when I was younger getting me big in on hockey and I've 
followed it all throughout my life. Uh, season ticket holder for a couple of years, for probably like five or six years now, uh, which is discontinuing now that there's a pandemic going on. But um, so back at uh, the Islanders old arena, they like one of their last seasons there uh, that before they moved into a different arena, they played Fix You as like the song that they would like come out to every day. So all of the players would enter the ice and it was just like this whole thing with like Fix You going. And it like whenever like the lights would come on, lights will go and like <laughs> like it just it became like that song was associated with that so we would like me and my friends would like play it in the car and we would just get like emotional as hell like listening to this like thinking of like the, it was so stupid <laughs> like it was so stupid but like that's what this song takes me to just in case you care that's so, really uh, uh... That's really stupid, but really sweet. Mentally, <laughs> I'm currently at Nassau Coliseum watching the Islanders come out to this. They did a good job with the production value of it all to like the lights. And the, it was just, I don't know. I don't know. So there's that. Uh, glad I went into that. But now that uh, now, so all that's going on. Uh, the, the real action for Emma, I guess, is not going to pick up until about halfway through this season. Uh, I think it's episode 10. Yes, no. Where Coach Beast and Sue Sylvester are going to encourage Emma Hey, you should uh, consider asking Will to marry you. Will, I love you so always, Will. Eyes of May, eyes of May, but are you ever gonna be my wedding day? Oh, come on, Will, come on and marry me, Will. I've got the wedding bell blues. Please marry me, Will. I've got the wedding bell blues. That is my fucking shit. I love that song. I was so obsessed with that song when, when she sang it. I like listened to it all the time. Wow. It was like right around like this. This season was like 2012. Yeah. So like right around like the summer before I left for Drexel. Like I went on runs every morning and I would listen to this song. And this is not a running song, but it was my running song, and I loved it. Wow. <laughs> I just like the way she sounds. As soon as you said that, I was like, let me look at the chart. I don't remember where it came. You must have given that top tier. I don't know if I gave it top tier because, like, I think I'm a little embarrassed that I like it so much, but it's definitely up there for No, me. you must it. have because the number that it gave us, somebody had it as a five and it wasn't me. <laughs> right, then it was me then. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so they're going to encourage uh, Emma to do that, and uh, she's going to. After the song's all said and done, she's going to ask Will uh, <laughs> to marry her, and uh, she's, you know, kind of still in a daze there. He's asking her if she's serious, and she's going to kind of, like, back down and be like, oh, no, 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 uh, But Will is going to decide. He, of course, now wants to propose to Emma. He's going to ask the Glee Club for help coming up with the number. He wants to do this whole spectacular thing. He's, you know, doesn't want to, but he's going to ask uh, her parents for permission. So he actually has them back over again and they actually try to talk him out of it. They're like, yeah, I don't know if you're ready for all this. Uh, We've lived with Emma for many years and we know what it's like. Uh, You have a lot ahead of you if this is what you want to do. Not a good idea. Yeah, it's um, it's it's a lot. I mean, think about what I mean. The, Emma is I mean, she's calling Will a slut. She's the slut. I mean, she's been like, what? This Stop is the it. third wedding now. Stop this it! Don't third say that. Wedding now in three seasons. Come on now, like okay. Emma, the first one was a, was time? a was just a, a moment of sadness all around. The third <laughs> the the wait 
this is going to be this would be the third. The second one was actually good for her, but then she still liked Will. <laughs> I know. I'm I'm largely being you're being hard time, on her. It's like at the at the same time, I'm like Emma. Are we doing this again? Like, if you're going to do this again, it needs to be the last time. Like, come on. You cannot continue. Like, who's paying for all these damn ceremonies? Like, where's the money coming from? (laughs) Yeah. They they don't think that Will should do this. He's going to obviously want to do it anyway. Uh, Will's going to come to her with, you know, his doubts about all of this. And he's worried that, you know, what if, you know, are we going to have a baby? Like that thing that could make things even more difficult for you. You know, the fact that you can't control the baby, you can't control what comes out of a baby, the spit up, the throw, the, the, the cleaning, the diapers, like that's a mess. That's a lot of mess that I don't know if you're going to be ready to deal with. And Emma's really trying here. Like she's really getting upset about all of this because she's like, she I is. am doing everything that I can. I am taking my medicine. You know, I, I was seeing a therapist. Some days are good. Some days are bad. I I can't promise you a perfect life, you know, with me, but I love you. And this is what, you know, this is, I'm putting in as all the effort that I can. And this if is that's not get. good enough for you, right? Like, this yeah. This is what you so. get, this incomplete person with so much love for you. Right. And exactly. that's what, that's the one that hits you in the feels. It's like, oh, damn. <laughs> and it's not I mean, like he was right. coming out of this with like, you know, that wasn't like where he was coming from initially, but, you know, his uh, her parents really did that yeah. to Those get were inside definitely of his head. her own insecurities that were coming out when she said that it's like that's yeah. not what will means but like it's i mean it's something that she has to deal with because it's you know i mean she she has ocd and was gonna have ocd it's just it's a it's a chronic thing and all she can do is just work through it and not everything is going to be perfect but if that's if that's not what you want then you need to be honest and just go ahead and say that you know yeah. like and i think that's that's all you really can do like you can have so much love for someone and it could be this one thing that's really, really shitty about them. And you're like, OK, well, I, I'm not I'm not interested or you love them enough that it's not a thing. So you need to make the decision because as far I mean, I was being facetious largely when I was talking about Emma, like, you know, being a slut. But like this is this is it for her. Like, I think that this is like this is it. If you want to marry me, I will marry you. And that'll be it. If you don't let me know. And you know what? It's time to see if we are going to make this happen or are we not. Yellow diamonds in the light. <laughs> I was standing side by side. by side as the shadow crosses mine. Mm-hmm. When it tends to come alive. I just can't so, yeah. We get the uh, iconic scene of the New Directions in the pool uh, with uh, Santana, Rachel on lead there, taking it home with We Found Love. That leads with Will walking across water, jumping in the pool, emerging, soaked head to toe, standing before Emma to give his proposal and just talking about how much he loves her, how much she means to him, how willing he is to go through life uh, and, and, you know, clean up her mess and, you know, uh, she cleans up his. Like, be there for each other and embrace each other's everything, the good and the bad and all that sappy stuff that he says there. And, of course, Emma is going to accept the proposal and finally, or at least we got a proposal, you know, uh, three seasons, ten episodes in. Finally, finally, after all this time. Damn, jeez. And he goes into that dirty-ass pool, (laughs) (laughs) climbs out, and puts a ring on her finger, and kisses her. But she lets him do it, so that's growth right there. (laughs) Hey, look, the New Directions all made it inside of uh, a body of water, and nobody came out pregnant, so we're all... 
we're all good here. <laughs> things are things are moving in the right direction. Shout out to Artie for uh, throwing himself into the pool <laughs> out of his chair. Shout out to Artie for uh, keeping that <laughs> still on the internet. You'll find it randomly <laughs> thrown on Twitter at time from time to time. Uh, we're going to go over to the Spanish teacher where Sue asks Will for a bit of a gift here. Uh, she was hoping that Baby maybe better. Will would consider donating his sperm because she's trying to get pregnant. And uh, she... <laughs> Sue is like really interested in specifically Will's sperm because uh, she wants somebody like Will. Will is always, you know, an optimist or whatever. She has to say good things about him. So she wants Will's sperm. Emma's like, this is not happening. This is not a good idea. This is awful. Why would you ask him for that? Uh, Weird start to this one. Baby gravy. Ew. Baby bullet. (laughs) Yeah, that. Dream scream. (laughs) Yeah, that. Man relish. Okay. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but um, at the very least, uh, it's nice here. Emma's being like sympathetic towards Sue saying like, you know, I, I get it. Like having Man a child, I think I would be good for you. <laughs> what? I'm sorry. I'm currently looking at a, a, a list of sperm slang and I've never heard man milk before. That's funny. Oh, no, all right. Not. Yeah. Awful. Okay. Continue. To, Emma. You, you, <laughs> I'll back away for a second. I'll take my ear, my ear pods out and you can talk to the audience. Just you two. Um, yeah, Emma, you know, a bit of the bite comes back out in Emma, which is completely appropriate. It's like, you cannot be asking my fiance for his sperm. It's completely inappropriate. And you don't even like him. You spend so much time hating him. So like, do you really want that to be the father of your child? And like, what that, what's that going to do to the child? Like when they realize that the father, that their father is a person that their mother despises, like you're going to screw up the child before he even gets here. Like, it's just, it's completely inappropriate. And I'm, I'm glad that Emma, you know, stood her ground on that one but in the same breath you know guidance counselor emma still was able to acknowledge to say like yeah it, i for what it's worth i think that you should have a child i think that it will be really good for you yeah. and i think that by and large i mean we'll talk about it when we talk about sue but i think that emma was right i think that having a daughter did soften up sue a bit we don't get a lot of time with robin but um emma was right and at the same time, everything in this episode is all happening at once for Emma. Uh, there, uh, well, for Emma and Will, because at the school a new position is opened up. A tenured position is now available. So Will is going to go into. He's not worried about the Sue. He's not worried about the sperm. He's worried about uh, there is a spot to potentially get tenure, and you know have that insurance for his family, have that extra support for Emma. And, you know, if they're going to start a family, like you got to start with something as serious as this. So he is laser focused on getting this. And the tension is going to start to build back at their house because Emma's trying to show Will some new pamphlets that she's made. Uh, Obviously that's Emma's like bread and butter at the school. Like she has these great pamphlets. Anytime a kid comes by, I I can't believe I've gotten this. It's pretty irresponsible actually for both of us that we've gotten this far into the podcast without yet mentioning a pamphlet uh, that Emma is known for Uh, the many that she has across the series uh, that come up, you know, just so you want to be pregnant. Right. Like <laughs> I don't know, whatever pamphlets that she has. So she's showing Will all of these new pamphlets uh, and he is just so focused on because, uh, I mean, rem- reminder, he's still teaching Spanish. He's trying to translate a song to Spanish and he's uh, having a hard time doing all of this. Uh, l- later on, we're going to see that Emma is trying to, you know, tell him, like, don't worry about 
getting this. Like, stop putting so much pressure on yourself. Like, we can take care. I can take care of myself. Uh, you know, I, I'm proud of you uh, and everything you've done. Like, all I was trying to do here was show you the pamphlets. And then tension gets worse because Will's going to be like, oh, they're silly. They're, you know, ridiculous. These pamphlets. Like, just I'm, I'm, I'm trying to focus on something important here. And you just keep shoving pamphlets in my face. And uh, he's like, I love you. But the kids don't take them seriously. Uh, she's going to fight back for her pamphlets saying, you know, the point of the pamphlets is that they're silly. The provocative titles are the point. It gets the kids talking and she's she's had enough. So she heads out. And, you know, of course, the way that this episode ends is going to be exactly how Emma would have hoped for it to end, because uh, Emma is going to put together a great pamphlet that is going to get Coach Beast and the football nation, football nation, football schools across the nation talking as she develops the taint misbehaving pamphlet that is going to end up getting her the tenure. <laughs> uh, good old Emma. Emma can be a little raunchy, can't she? Interesting. Yeah, I'm kind of conflicted with that scene with her and Will because, like, on one hand, I don't think that Will responded correctly, but she was kind of being just a, just a touch annoying, just a little bit, because Will was really trying to talk about something here, and all she was doing was just, like, shoving those pamphlets in his face. Like, can we talk, please? Like, stop this. enough with the pamphlets. But good for her because now she got tenure and that's guaranteed income for when they want to eventually start a family. So uh, the joke's on Will in the end. And she's who a resource for guest that, you know, getting kids to watch their wash their jock straps would be the way that you secure your future, <laughs> you secure you and your family's financial future uh, together. But Emma, that's what Emma does. Like she just helps any kid in any way that's needed. Like she comes up with all of these creative pamphlets and ideas. And as much as we're not focusing on that much, because it's always just about Will and Emma and about Emma and, you know, her OCD and all this kind of stuff. Like, Again, that's one of the things that we follow like under the radar throughout all six seasons is the way that she helps the kids when they stop by her office. They need someone to talk to about whatever it is. In season three, I think it was the uh, the Sam and Mercedes scene, right? It was actually in this very episode. Uh, Sam and Mercedes come to seek Emma's advice regarding their relationship situation and Mercedes's relationship with Shane. Emma advises that in order for them to listen, they need to stop talking and discuss the many formats of communication people are always engaged in these days. And she has them spend a whole week not talking to each other. So, and that works, right? Doesn't it end up like working out for them that like they, whatever the deal is there that, uh, I feel like things go well for them. I don't a hundred percent remember how Sam and Mercedes uh, are in that episode, but point is, uh, she's tapped in with what They're the kids about are to looking talk, for. And then Shane comes along and is like, come on, baby, let's get out of here. And then it goes away. So maybe it doesn't end well for them in that episode. But point is, they wanted, uh, it, 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 but no, you're right. It did seem to work well because they were about to talk and they both had smiles right. on their faces if they had something to say. And then they had missed each other. She, yeah. Right. Um, it went south. Yeah. But yeah, so Emma is going to end up with this position that she is, uh, you know, going to it's it. She worked for it and uh, she was patient with it. And, you know, Will being a jerk didn't get it. And he's going to end up having to apologize to her, making her a copy of his own pamphlet. So you were a jerk to your fiance. And uh, good on you, Emma. She gets her our two gold stars for that episode. Yep. Good old, good old Emma. Always coming out on top. Um yeah, I mean, I think that, I mean, she's obviously, like we said before at the beginning of this show, she is smart. She knows how to talk to people. She knows how to, uh, you know, really just be a good person. <laughs> so, um, and she, you know, she was able to manifest that within the pamphlets and it, it got her tenure and go Emma and team Emma. Go Emma, go. 
Uh, yeah. What's so, next? On My Way is next. On My Way is really not much about her. It's just, uh, you know, just uh, that's, again, part of like the underlying, like uh, her being there for the kids. Uh, you know, she's she's right. really trying to, uh, you know, stand up, especially when the staff is all incompetent and they're all talking about, you know, when Karofsky has that deal, uh, what, what happens with Karofsky there. And they're all like, well, what were we supposed to do? And she's like, what do you mean? Like, it was our job to be on top of this. And we weren't. We dropped the ball. It's like, thank you, Emma. Um, but yeah, not much about her there. It's not till we really get to dance with somebody that things are going to pick back up with her again. Yeah, um, we're going to see a little bit and dance with somebody. Um, they're starting to get... Um, uh, they're starting to plan for the wedding, and we, uh, Mr. Or excuse me, Emma wants to hire a wedding planner to help with the planning because Will's really not going to be doing too much with it. But they are thinking about moving the wedding over into November, um, but Will doesn't really want to do that no, because he wants to make. Will wants to move the wedding. Emma doesn't. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, Will wants to move the wedding to November because he wants the kids to stay, but Emma's like, uh, the kids are probably going to come back. Especially if we move it in November, like what's the point? Because they'll, they'll probably be back anyway for um for Thanksgiving anyway, which they were, except Rachel and Kurt. <laughs> but if we keep it now, that like it, let's just let, let's just go. We don't have time to prepare. Go. We need more. Yeah. Like I'm not ready for this. Like she's she like I guess I guess and like Will is speaking to help the audience her, so. there. Yeah, Will's like uh, the audience wants us to 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 get a move on this. So can we can we? just get going here and emma's like no relax we can do it in season four people will be here still people will still be watching it's like yeah but like just do it already it's yeah it's really crazy it's like every every step of the way there is a setback it's like are they gonna get are they gonna date no they're not gonna date okay once they're dating is the dating gonna go well no the dating is not gonna go well all right well is 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 dr carl gonna work out no dr carl's not gonna work out all right are they gonna propose yes they're gonna propose but now they don't know when the wedding is gonna be golly like what is next what is next for the two of you what is next for the two of them is that it might be time here. It might be time not for a wedding, but for something else, because the new directions are going to head off uh, as the season comes to a close here on season three. And it's time to say goodbye to some of our alumni or not alumni yet. Uh, they will be alumni soon. It's time to say goodbye to some people. And of course, those kids are really going to take up the majority of this storyline. But uh, Emma, you know, Emma's going to go to Chicago with Will, with the kids, and they're going to win. The New Directions win at Nationals. It's the senior year for a lot of these kids. And of course, this was a huge moment for them. It was a huge moment for Will as well, who, you know, has been st- sticking by the kids' side all these years. And this is, you know, he feels as much of a win for him as it is for all of them, which is, of course, true because he's also going to get his Teacher of the Year award. And it's a big time for him. And, you know, she's by his side. Uh, she's going to leave him a pamphlet. That is uh, when it's finally time to have intercourse and it is time. They're finally going to do it. Uh, Took this long, but she is finally ready. She thinks that they're in a good place and she, I guess, wants to give him a little bit of uh, something. They won nationals. They won nationals. So so he's getting some nookie. That's how this relationship works. I think that's really how it works too, because it is. <laughs> we don't see them get like any more intimacy until like the until like the end of season six when he becomes the principal. Then it's like, oh, now we can really, really go to town now because Ooh. you done won nationals again and you're the principal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the they they finally do it. They finally do it. 
he's going to end up like we see the next day to see like, okay, so did they actually do it this time? Or was that like just, you know, another like maybe and then not end up happening. Uh, But they do. He like thanks her the next day for their night together and for always being by his side the whole year. He gets his teacher of the year award and uh, Emma's going to be there at graduation to hand out the diplomas as the new directions and all of their other class members that we'll never know uh, are going to head off. And she's going to actually go with the new directions to send Rachel off to New York. And uh, there's that. So Emma and Will still going strong here at the end of season three. They finally had some sex. They finally had some (laughs) stuff. I don't know. Good for them. Yeah, good for them. Uh, Finally, we're going to be thinking that they're in the greatest spot, right? Season four is going to get kicking along. But Jamie Mays is not going to be main cast anymore. She has um, dropped down to recurring uh, character. Imagine, like, going through all that, like, you finally, you know, she breaks through that barrier, this character that has been waiting to, you know, finally do something that she wasn't ever the most comfortable with. She finally has sex, and now they're like, okay, great, so we don't need you as much anymore. We're going to just kind of, you know, call you here and there. I know. Damn. Season four is very kind of, like, disjointed for Emma. I mean, she goes from never being around, and then when she is around, she comes back with a vengeance because she's going to get into some shit this season. Um, which isn't necessarily her fault. It's more Finn's fault. Uh, but before we get to that, we're going to see her a little bit in episode, what is this, Makeover episode four? I three. think so. Three, three. Three. Yeah, so she's um still planning the wedding. They're still trying to figure out what exactly they're going to do um, for it. Um, but Will is talking about how he's thinking that he might want to move on from the New Directions because he's thinking about joining uh, joining the Congress. In uh, in Washington, that might be his next big dream. And Emma is completely in support of it. She says that you know weddings can wait, but if you really want to go through with this, then then I support you. Wait, he's um, joining Congress. Well, it's like it's like local school government. Jo- yeah, Maybe so Congress is the wrong I know, like word. they call it like Sorry. the blue ribbon panel, but aren't they like talking to Congress? Or something like yeah, that. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. He's not. He's not. He's not going to be <laughs> a senator or a, a representative. I mean, should... Congressman Will Schuster would have been something, but I don't know that that's exactly what it was. He's he's <laughs> going to speak with Congress about maintaining the arts in schools. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, but so when he eventually does get the the position, he's like so excited, and he tells Emma about this, and Emma's like, "All right, well, that's great for you. I'll see you. I'll see you when you get back." And he's like. <laughs> Uh, excuse me, you're coming with me, right? She's like, no. And he's like, well, why not? She's like, well, because I have a job. I, I I have my kids. I don't want to leave my kids. Um, and he's like, I don't understand. Like, why? Like, I feel this is this isn't unreasonable. Why don't you just come with me? Your job will be waiting when you get back. You have tenure. And I'm not even sure if that if that's how tenure works. Like, I feel like if you quit, then your tenure is expunged. But whatever. Um, she says it's not about me not like being afraid to lose my job it's about me liking my job i don't want to leave so you can figure out what you want to do but i'm going to be here and so this is emma putting her foot down again Mm -hmm. yeah and this is of course uh early on season four we're going to get the scientist with all of the couples that are having 
uh, either a breakup or some serious relationship issues. It's kind of like, you know, uh, Jake and Marley seem like the ones that are like the outsiders on this, where they're also experiencing some kind of relationship problems early on in their time together. But like Will and Emma here are really the ones that are kind of like shoehorned in where it's like all these other couples are legitimately going through it. Like they are breaking up these young kids. And like, this is just like, okay, Emma doesn't want to come to DC with you for a couple of weeks. Like, is that really the most dramatic thing on this stage right now? No, it's not, but it gave us the scientist and I wouldn't change a thing about the scientist uh, in any way. So I'm not going to complain about it, but it is a little funny that they're included there, but that's, yeah. So they're having some, some problems. Emma is going to continue on to, you know, still feel like Will is not caring about what she wants. And he's apologizing to her. He's like, I just really want you to come with me. Uh, And over time, he's going to kind of wear her down a little bit to the point where she's going to end up saying yes. And the entire time that this is going on, Emma is in uh, contact with Coach Beast here and there to just discuss all of this. And Coach Beast is like, yeah, I don't think you really should be saying yes. I can tell that you don't want to go. Like, it's pretty clear. Uh, You shouldn't lie to him. Like, lying is one of the worst things you could be doing in this spot, uh, you know, right here. So, uh, Coach Beast is going to insist Emma tells Will that she doesn't want to go with him. And you know what? Uh, That's probably the best way to go about this. I mean, never deny advice from Coach Beast. Uh, Emma's going to make Will some dinner, admit that she doesn't want to go. And they're like, you know what? Let's figure this out. You know, we can make a, we can make this work in some way that will satisfy us both where, you know, you don't do something you don't want to do and I don't do, you know, it's, it's there are ways to be reasonable about this, right? Uh, of course, we right. got to take uh, till the end of the episode to get there because that's how television episodes work, so I hear. But uh, they finally do come to that conclusion for now. And uh, Will is going to end up leaving without Emma by his side. So Emma's going to stay here, plan for the wedding, and Will's going to head off to D.C. for the Blue Ribbon panel. Yeah, um, leaving Emma all alone in Ohio to get into some shenanigans, which is going to happen in Diva. So Will's gone. No, no, Diva is the female version of a hustler. Uh, Emma, did you know that Emma Pillsbury is known for being a diva around these towns, around this town? Snap that finger, wag that. Wait, what's the quote? Snap, Snap those... I forget what she says. <laughs> she she goes to breadsticks and she sometimes asks to return her food. And that is how I made the manager cry at breadsticks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's why she is yet again a celebrity judge here for Diva Week in the new direction in the choir room. Yeah, Finn is going to ask her to be a, a guest judge for Diva Week as all the kids are putting on their best uh, Diva numbers. This is the epic Freddie Mercury cover by Blaine and things are going seemingly well I mean Emma seems to be enjoying it Finn is glad to have some extra help now that Mr. Shoe is out of the picture Um, they they spend a lot more time together Finn is um, also uh, seeking counsel from Emma about Rachel because he's just broken up with her Um, and so they've just been spending a lot of time he's even helping her a little bit with making decisions for the uh, for the wedding but Things take a very, very steep turn when uh, Finn comes back to Emma's office at some point. And this time she's in shambles. She's really, really worried. She's having a bit of of a meltdown because nothing is right. She can't seem to get anything with the wedding on track. Will's gone. She doesn't have anybody to, like, you know, calm her down. And Finn is like, I'll calm you down. And he calms her down by kissing her. Yeah, the natural response. The, the thing that anybody would do in a time like that to calm down somebody. I mean, it's a friend at this point, right? They would probably 
uh, be considering each other friends, even though there's, you know, a decent age gap there. But uh, they're co-workers at this point, even though Finn's 19. Uh, Sue was totally right to be mad at Will for all this, by the way, like uh, for, for putting Finn Hudson in charge of the Glee Club. But uh, it is what it is, even though she had some points there. Yeah, he goes, plants a kiss on Emma. And what the hell just happened? Right. Like what? on earth we were getting so far we did so well to get these two finally together the wedding is finally coming up it is 10 days away but now emma is out here being kissed by not just some other guy it's it's will's best friend will's best man finn hudson who is lonely sad and so is emma and we get that kiss and it's just like wow 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 what do we do and obviously, he's going to feel guilty about it. Uh, Will's going to eventually, of course, come back to Ohio after all is said and done. And he tells Emma, I can't help but like feel guilty every time I look at Will. And Emma's like, are you kidding me? You need to get over it. Like, you did this. You need to get over it now. Uh, Will's going to you know, stop by Emma's office. She's obviously flustered because the wedding is closer and closer every day. Uh, he's got to go check in with the new directions. But sooner or later, it's time for the wedding day. It is time for the wedding day. Mr. Shu is back from Washington. He's all jazzed up, ready to see his fiance, ready to greet Finn and the kids. And so she is silent about it. Finn is silent about it. But you know what they say about secrets. With the thunder of the dark will come to the light. And she is not able to hold it together. She's barely holding it together as it was. The wedding day happens. Sue shows up in an exact replica of her dress, just making her anxieties go through the roof. Um, we get some company here. With not getting married today, Jamie Mays kills it, by the way. Good for her. Um, but she is out of here. Emma has left the building. She is a runaway bride, hops in the cab, is nowhere to be seen. She is gone. She has left the building. The bride is gone. And wow, like what a big moment, right? You get to the wedding and you're like, okay, we're doing this. Obviously, we know as the audience that something is happening here. There's some drama. There's some trouble. Uh, maybe you're thinking, okay, she's going to have to tell Will before they walk down the aisle. Yeah, she is, but she's about to walk down the aisle now, and it's like, there's no time for this. And everything just kind of culminates in a very quick decision that she makes here, especially with everything that Sue is doing in the background here to, you know, to get back at Will uh, for, for what he did hiring Finn. So no, Sue, just it's full panic mode, absolute full panic mode, uh, getting married today, which we'll, we'll talk about that more when we get to Emma's songs. She runs out, she's gone. Uh, obviously, Will is devastated when Sue is going to break the news to everybody. But their parents uh, have all paid for the wedding and they're going to insist on having the wedding reception anyway. So they're going to go on to do that. And uh, the this episode here specifically before we get into, you know, them reuniting after the, the wedding of it all. Um, uh, we did get uh, some gold stars went to Emma here. I gave one. Kikai gave one. Uh, we had, of course, our friends from Out of Context Leon in that episode. Uh, Mickey and Kikai were here and uh, two two stars went to Quinn. Two stars went to Emma. So uh, on the Emma side of things in that episode, she, you know, it, it was a it was a tough decision for her. And you never want to, like, you know, encourage somebody to, like, leave the altar, right? Like you never want, I mean, okay. That may, I don't think that's what I'm trying to say. Like you never want to see that. That's not, that's not like the, that's not the, the, the way that you want to see a wedding go down by any means, but it takes so I'm, I'm speaking from personal experience here, right? Uh, no, I'm not, uh, you know, getting up and making that decision when you're about to like, you know, 
potentially get married and say, I'm leaving here. Uh, you just, you know, you can see it on Emma's face and from the story she tells in that song and just from the expression and everything that she does, the, the acting performance from Jamie Mays there, to, we can see the wheels spinning in her head as she gets out and decides she has no other option but then to just to leave, to get as far away from this as possible and deal with the consequences later. So uh, she heads out and, uh, you know, obviously not good, not good for Will, not good for all the wedding guests there, but she makes the decision and she has to stick with it. So, yeah, I mean, she, uh, she didn't want to lie to Will. I mean, she didn't want, she obviously didn't, I mean, she knew that Will had to know about what happened between her and Finn. Um, obviously she didn't want Finn to be the one to say anything. Um, but in doing so you're, you know, you're not lying, but you're lying by omission. And I think that at the end of it all, uh, on top of the stress of planning that wedding by herself, which Congrats, Emma. Like, if you did all that by yourself, everything looks fine. It looks great. The reception looked nice. I mean, like, Santana and Quinn hooked up. Like, I mean, I'd say that's a pretty successful <laughs> successful reception. So, um, good for you. But I guess just all the stress of it all just it just was too much. And she ultimately decided to just remove herself from the equation, um, getting, giving herself some time to, to think. So, the will they, won't they will continue. It does continue. Uh, we're going to find out that nobody has seen Emma in days going on into the next episode. Artie is going to step in and suggest, uh, why don't we see if uh, her parents have seen her? And they're going to have Emma's parents stop by oh, the school with Finn and Artie in uh, ginger wigs to pretend that they are from the McKinley Ginger Protection Club, saying that they need Emma back as their chairperson. We cannot go on. We are losing it without her. Uh, we need her here with us every day. And Emma's dad, of course, that's the way that you win over these parents. They tell her where she is, and uh, the boys are going to tell Will where to go to, to find her. She's at her sister's house, and Will is going to go ahead. And, you know, he they're like, do it like in the movies. This episode is Girls and Boys on Film. It's all about, you know, what it's like in the movies. And they're like, go get her, just like in those movies where he's going to show up with the boombox, with the with the kids behind him singing uh, in your eyes. And he tries to get her back. And, it you know, it works. It gets her to the window. She sees it. She comes down and she, you know, is going to have a chat with him there. In your eyes, in your eyes. <laughs> Corny, but, you know, classic Will Schuster. And uh, Emma comes out. It's just like in the movies. Um, they they talk about everything about about Finn, about how it's been hard with Will being gone, about how maybe it, maybe they just need to take some time to start over again. Like I don't know how many times y'all gonna start over. Like, uh. we'll see. The the thing here is that they don't exactly talk about Finn there because. They're going to try to get on the same page here, right? So they're going to get back on the same page of like, all right, so I'm sorry that this happened. Uh, you know, Emma's apologizing for her half of things. Will's apologizing for his portion of this all because, you know, she's like, you you came back from D.C. different. Like, I, I like there's I didn't know what else to do. And Will's like, all right, we obviously were not on the same page before that. So that's on both of us. We spent so much time apart before the wedding. I get it. Uh, but then at the very end of this episode is when Finn is going to come to Will and confess uh, very emotionally that he kissed Emma and what, what ensues from there? You're, you know, we'll, we'll talk more about that on both of those guys, uh, their character studies, you know, not much here specifically to do with Emma. It's about their relationship at this point, but obviously, you know, she's still very much involved uh, with all of that. And it's just kind of just another roadblock for these two. They just can't seem to, to seal the deal and close things out here. I mean, they will, but. 
<laughs> yeah, at the very end of the season, they will. It's taken a while. Yeah, Let's it, just it, go it, there. Yeah, I mean, uh, if you want to take us into all or nothing, when it's finally going to happen. Yeah, so they perform at regionals. Uh, they win. Brittany leaves. <laughs> and then oh. Will and Emma decide <laughs> to get married um, because uh, she's like, I can't handle a big wedding. And what place is better than this place right here? It's filled with so much love in the room. So let's just go ahead and do it. So <laughs> Finn's not here. Rachel's not here. Yeah. <laughs> Finn's so there's gone. a lot of love in the room. <laughs> you know, fuck those hoes. Let's just get married. <laughs> yeah. And they get married. Yeah, they get married. They have uh, some nice speeches, which I'm pretty sure we played them back. You know, I think we play all of like the Will and Emma speeches on the podcast uh, during those episode recaps. So uh, I don't think I'm going to play it again here. But, you know, they share their vows and it's very, you know, exactly what you would expect from these two. Just how much they love and care for each other. And they're always there for each other. And they, you know, you fix me and I fix you. And ah. Um, but it is nice that, you know, they are just whatever. It's like we, we did the big wedding. We tried it. It didn't work. Now let's just bring in the priest. Uh, let's let's do this in the, the choir room where obviously this means something to a lot to, to all of you guys, to us. Uh, and then let's go to breadsticks and just call it a day. Right. Like enough. Enough's enough. Enough is enough. I mean, I think and I think I mean, my parents got married at the zoo, like at like in the dead of night during like. December 27th in 2003, four. And there was no one else there. We, were, we oh, did, got married did before, it like uh, after you were born? Yeah. So, yeah, my stepdad. So, my, my oh, biological God. parents were never, were never married. So, um, I knew that. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm all for like impromptu ass weddings. You just grab a pastor or a reverend or whoever and you just marry. And then, then you throw a big party later on. Like, I feel like that's what I, I'd probably want to do. Um, so yeah, I, I support it. I support yeah. just impromptu cute, cute weddings. Who cares? Yeah. They're they're it worked out. You know, it is what it is. We waiting for it. It finally happened, so they're married, um, and that's good. Uh, I mean, season four, honestly, kind of not the end of things. Of course, a big life event is going to happen going into season five for them. But going into season five and six, there's really not a ton of Emma content for you. Uh, you know, she's still going to be around. She's still on the cast. She's still going to pop into an episode here or there just to whether, whether it's to be there for somebody else or, you know, a little bit of progression with her and Will's storyline to just remind you. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's obviously like Will is also being faded out around this time, right? Like not, not totally, but mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot less of him and the new directions. We're following the kids a lot more at this point, uh, even going into season six. Uh, so he, uh, she's still going to be around, but it's nowhere near as much as seasons one, two, and three, or even season four. Uh, we're going to, of course, kick things off in the quarterback of season five. The first time that we're going to see Emma here as, you know, she's still working at the school and it's, you know, a time like this where the, the kids are going to need someone to talk to uh, after losing Finn. Uh, she clears her schedule to provide some grief counseling. The only one that we actually see go in there is Tina, who is complaining about wearing black still. And Emma's like, what the fuck is happening? Why is why Tina go away? Um, but it's uh, she's got to be there for Will here. Will hasn't cried after finding out about Finn. And she's like, I, I don't know exactly what's happening here. But when you are ready to, you know, to let yourself feel this and accept it and whatever, you know, I'll, I'll be there for you. I, I want to. And she does. Uh, she comes home after all is said and done in the quarterback. And obviously will went through everything with the jacket and will eventually does break down and lose it back at their home. Emma comes home and finds him like that. She comes over to comfort him. And, you know, that's obviously a big emotional time for everybody, but it's nice to have Emma back there for it. 
yeah, it's uh it is very nice um that she's able to do that for him and like I said, you know, that she's she's good at what she does. She's a guidance counselor for a reason. She's able to really tell um how to handle people. But yeah, we really don't get a lot of um of her. I mean, the the main storyline for Emma in this season outside of Finn's death is getting pregnant. <laughs> and please remind us, how does Emma get pregnant? They were fucking in the uh what was it? The uh, teachers' lounge or the teachers' bathroom or the some bathroom. faculty bathroom or the broom closet or something? Yeah. Where was it? Where did? <laughs> I think it was the faculty bathroom or something like that. Uh, maybe uh, I don't even know. Wherever it was, Becky Jackson found them, and all involved were traumatized. Uh, her sitting at her desk, <laughs> her secretary desk, just like staring into nothingness, just makes me LOL every single time. <laughs> but uh, Emma says that they were successful at achieving, it was a, you know, successful a successful mission. Yeah. 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 Uh, Sue is absolutely horrified. Sue is uh, wants nothing to do with this. She is like, you know, sitting in front of these two in Sue's office because, of course, they had to, I guess, talk about it after Becky reported back to Sue about what just happened. Uh, but Emma is like, this, this is what they needed to do. They had to do it. Uh, but the only thing about all of that is they went through all that trouble and uh, she did not successfully get pregnant. So uh, they're pretty bummed out about that. And Will doesn't really know what to do. He's like going to people for advice. Like I just, you know, I'm, we're trying. It's not working. Uh, but you know, and they come to realize that they're pretty, pretty much the problem is that they're both too stressed out and can't stop thinking about it. And neither of them are calm and just letting things happen. Yeah. Um, once again, another, and not to make light of this because there are a lot of people that suffer from inf- infertility problems, and it's a serious issue. But it just goes to speak once again to how every step that they take has something that is stopping them it's like now they're trying to get pregnant now that they're married now it's time to have a kid or they can't have a kid but thankfully it's 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 very um it's very short-lived because at the end of this episode emma's going to take one last test and it's going to come back positive so they do indeed end up pregnant they're finally going to be a family this is like what will has been wanting since the beginning of the series it's all finally happening mm-hmm. so some nice Yay, Danny Emma. song in there to calm the nerves, calm them down, and just have a nice night together. And uh, that ends up working out. So Emma is going to tell Will she can't go to L.A. with him for the uh, season five nationals, but uh, she's got better news. She's obviously pregnant, so that's a good thing. And as fast as we find out about that is pretty much as fast as the baby's going to arrive here because season five is going to be obviously sped up in the way that it is. Not much time spent with Emma uh, throughout all of that. It's going to be opening night for Rachel. Rachel Berry over in New York. Will is going to show back up for the first time in the New York era there and uh, shows up for Rachel's opening night. They're so happy to see each other. And as quickly as he's there, as quickly he leaves because he gets a call. Emma's in labor and uh, it's time for Daniel Finn Schuster to be born. Uh, We talked about that name at the time. Touching, very nice. You know, Danny's song, of course, is where Daniel comes from. And then you get Finn thrown in there as a middle name for a nice tribute to somebody that meant a lot to them. And yeah. Yeah, um, I wish I really wish that we could have seen this scene. Like, I feel like we were robbed of an Emma pregnancy delivery scene. Like, she's we got not, to see yeah, Quinn. She's not even there. I know. I would have loved to have seen this. Like, because <laughs> Emma is so particular about everything. I wonder if she was like, bo- and she's a bit of a diva. So, like, I just imagine her like bossing the nurses and the doctors around. Like, no, 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 don't do it that way. Do it this way. Like, I just, I see it, but alas, we'll never know. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh... That's maybe maybe there's a reason they didn't show us Emma in the delivery room, but who knows? 
season six, the family is all together. The three of them are, are living life. They're walking through the park, enjoying some time with Danny. Uh, Will has uh, been, you know, this is uh, the first time we see Emma here, uh, or at least the first time anything significant is happening, uh, all the way down in uh, episode seven of season six, transitioning. Will is hating his time at Carmel High. The vocal adrenaline sucks. They're awful. Emma's encouraging him to quit if he wants to. Like, if you're not happy, don't stay there. And she's like, I'm, I, I swear, like, we'll be fine. We don't need the job that you have right now. Like, because he, he's insisting, you know, it's the money. It's great. It's giving us a great life. And Emma's like, I don't want you doing this if it's not making you happy. And he eventually is going to quit. So uh, that's, you know, what's happening for them there. Uh, to skip over Dreams Come uh, not, uh, 2009 kind of briefly dreams come true comes around and uh will's gonna become principal he is a little scared about it emma is inspiring some confidence in him telling him he's the most talented man in ohio he's gotta relax have fun fall in love this is his time this is our time it's our family flash forward we got three more kids added into the mix three more ginger kids out here running around uh living in life uh i mean look this is 2020 in in their time uh i don't think that they have any idea 2020 actually is uh but uh things are going well they're all happy they're all watching rachel's tony acceptance on their tv with uh sam and sue that are over and yeah season six it's it's not much but it's just one final look into their lives of uh we're happy we're making decisions that are making us better making us happier and uh and just moving forward in life yeah um everything's everything's finally seeming to be you know seeming to come together uh for them it, all, all Emma had to do was get demoted to to recurring cast, and things would work out for her. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but I, I mean, I'm glad. I'm glad. I mean, we didn't really hear too much about Emma ever wanting children. It was more more Will more so than Emma. But I'm I'm assuming that she is proud to be a mother, finally happy to be Will's wife. Um, and you know, is never going to get fired. Now, I mean, she was on tenure, but now that he's the principal, it's like you're always going to be. Yeah, you're y'all are set. Like all y'all, like just don't fuck it up. Yeah, <laughs> like don't fuck it up. You're set. Stop having so, sex in the bathroom. Yeah. If you get caught by somebody else this time, it's not gonna go well. You're the principal. <laughs> oh my god, that totally should have been the line that she used instead of like saying, "If we don't like something, we can just change it." She should have said, "We can fuck in the bathroom now," and no, no one can say anything. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate that. <laughs> but Becky, yeah. Uh, it's nice. Uh, just, you know, I guess to briefly touch on 2009, we get that look back in time to see uh, Emma gave Bert a call back in uh, the early days after finding Kurt looking at that pamphlet about suicide. And uh, she's approaching Figgins and we get to see that full scene of her trying to get the Glee Club on their feet, you know, financially, if need be, showing Will the tape, getting him the, you know, all that stuff to stay. So just, you know, all around good moments for Emma here as we close out the story for season six. They're happy. They're finally together. They have the four kids uh, back at the home. Sam is hanging around, you know, uh, teaching Glee. And obviously that friendship seems to be going strong with all of them. They're still connected with all the kids off in New York. Rachel doing all doing her thing. So, uh, you know, she's going to come back for I Lived. She's going to find Terry hugging her husband and she's going to be a little concerned about that. Uh, but Otherwise, hard to complain if you're Emma Pillsbury in the year 2020 in Glee universe. In real universe, Emma's not happy, just to bring this podcast full circle here. Uh, but uh, in this universe, everything is going well for her. And uh, and that's that. So, uh, of course, we've got her songs to get into. But uh, what do you have? Any final thoughts on Emma Pillsbury overall? No, not really. I mean, the Don't ending no. of Give her me character. Something. something. 
I mean, the ending for her character is sort of, I mean, it's 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 what we all would have expected. It just seemed like a really long, hard slog to the end. But um, I, I mean, I, I enjoy Emma. I think that she was always, I mean, I, I've, I've never hated a scene that Emma was in. You know what I mean? I've always sort of been um, interested in whatever she had to say. When she, she will uh, fuck in the bathroom. Sorry, I'm cutting you off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's always, she's always, she always has something insightful to say. She always um, is in a lot of ways driving the plot of the episode that she's in forward. Um, and she's, she's an unsung hero. I think a lot of the time when it comes to the Glee club and the kids, I mean, we find out in 2009 that she was the person that told Bert about Kurt. So we can attribute a lot of that to her. I mean, she's saved the Glee club by, you know, going, being the chaperone when no one else could. She's the reason that will stay to begin with. There's just so much that she's, um, that we can credit her for. Um, and I think that she's, uh, I think, I think she's great. I would have loved to have seen a little bit more of her towards the end of the series, but at the same time, I understand what the, the writers were in a really weird position because it's like, what else can we do with this character? Like, what mm-hmm. possibly else could we do? Um, so, yeah. Yeah, her story was told. Is that, is that sufficient enough for you? Yeah, that's good. Um, I mean, I, I should have been uh, more patient because you always say no, and then you go on to give your thoughts anyway. So that's just... Uh... <laughs> Um, but no, I, uh, I agree. Obviously, you know, there's not much more that there was really to be done at that point. It's like, you know, Emma, it's like happy to see her when she's around. It's just like a, a bright face that you want to see. She got those eight stars for a reason, right? Because she had so many good moments with the kids, with Will, like being one of the more reasonable people at times, obviously going through a lot of uh, growth on her own over time. And it's like, As far as the adult characters go, I mean, you know, we'll talk about Sushi's like her own story and Coach Beast as well. Another like heartwarming feel good story uh, for there. But it's just like, you know, Emma's Emma's just just another person trying to get through life, dealing with her own uh, her own things. Just like, you know, like a lot of the kids are. But for the adults, usually you don't care about it much. And I guess it's not surprising that uh, that it's, you know, I guess uh, particularly Emma and Sue that are the ones that are like the ones that shine the most uh, compared to like Will or Ken or whatever. Uh, forget those guys. But uh, yeah, so overall, just uh, enjoy Emma. I don't know if we've really gotten a character yet that I've been like. I get maybe Marley is the one that we were like, yeah, uh, most of the characters so far, we've been like, yeah, good stuff. Right. Uh, Marley and puck is like, eh, okay, sure. But whatever. So that's Emma, Emma Pillsbury, Emma Pillsbury, Schuster, Emma Schuster, Emma Pillsbury, Howell, Emma, uh, Emma. That was like a poem. Emma, uh, what well, which would be first? Like, how does that work when you hyphenate? Do you just use your like? Do your, is your maiden name the one that comes first? Is it alphabetical yeah. order? No, it's it's the maiden name. I think that comes first. I think. Uh, but what do I know? What do I know about all that? Um, I'm pretty sure it is. My mom's Facebook name is her maiden name followed by her married name, but she's not married anymore. But she just likes to have it anyway because uh, she wants to kind of keep that connection with her kids. Oh, it's so cute. Aww. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, are you ready to get into Emma songs? Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's get into Emma songs. There's not many. We got six songs here. Six songs for Emma Pillsbury. Obviously nothing that, you know, was like a standout. Uh, she's got some good stuff in here. Some like, okay, cool. Uh, not a singer by any means. Jamie Mays, like that's not her profession. That's not her career. We talked about that. Uh, but she's good. She's got a great voice, right? Like, I think that's a common sentiment or a shared sentiment. You, you like her voice, right? She's good. Yeah, I do. I like I'm like hard pressed to not like any of the voices on this show, with the yeah, exception of like maybe like Kermit Jake. Stop that. Yeah, she sounds good. <laughs> she sounds uh, like Kermit. 
own it. They give her these uh, songs that are like perfect for her, you know, vocal range and whatnot. And just like these sweet, innocent little Emma songs, except for one of them. That's not really much of a sweet song, but it's okay. Um, All right. Are you ready to get into Emma's countdown with number six? I am ready. All right. Number six on the Emma Pillsbury countdown. Here we go. We'll kick things off right now. Everything that's young and gay, brighter than a holiday. Everywhere the angels play, you are. You're like Paris in April and May. You're New York on a silvery day. A Swiss Alp as the sun grows fainter. You're Loch Lomond when autumn is the painter. Season four, episode 14, 15, 15, I think it is. Uh, I do is episode 14, 15 is when they're uh, Will's dreaming about this, uh, this movie here, picturing him and Emma singing, you're all the world to me. And it's okay. Not the most memorable. And that's why it probably landed here at the bottom of her. her yeah, but it's okay. Yeah. Um, this, this song is like so throwaway to me when, and I feel so sad saying that because they obviously spent a lot of time with like the choreo for that. And, you know, they, they got like one of those special rooms and you know, they're like on the ceiling and on the wall and all sorts of stuff. And it's a lot of fun, but the number is just so random to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like it doesn't, it, it, it just opens, it opens the episode and you don't know what the fuck is going on. And then you realize that it's a dream and then it's like, okay, so all right. I don't know. It's just it was just like kind of jarring because we don't really get a lot of Emma at all, and then all of a sudden she's in this dream scene. It was just it was just weird. I think that it really affects how people uh, interpret the song. Yeah, and uh, breaking news: it actually takes the new bottom spot at our overall rankings. <laughs> it's uh, oh it's, no, I don't want it to be that bad. <laughs> it's well, I I also don't think it'll stay there. Like you said, uh, it's going to overtake Marley's uh, first Noel placing there. Uh, it just slots in like right below it. And I feel like there's plenty of songs still to come that are going to fall below that. So uh, for the time being, it's just, I mean, it's, it's, it is what it is. Like we just said, it's like, it's kind of weirdly placed. It's not like a, a glee bop that you're going to put back on. It's just like, uh, they did it and they did it. Yeah, cute number, but uh, I've seen better. Yeah, so there's number six. Let's move on into number five. And in the morning when I rise, you bring a tear of joy to my eyes and tell me everything is going to be all right. Pisces Virgo rising is a very good sign. Strong and kind, and the little boy is mine. Now I see a family where there once was none. Now we've just begun. Yeah, we're gonna fly to the sun. And even though we ain't got money, I'm so in love with you, honey, and everything. Bring a chain of love. In the morning when I rise, 
joy to my eyes and tell me everything is gonna be alright. Danny's Song Season 5, Episode 10. That episode is a trio. It's all about the trios. And this episode is where we're going to see Will and Emma go from a duo to a trio. Uh, Not this exact episode, but Emma's pregnant uh, at the end of this episode. And uh, they sing Danny's song and it puts them in the mood. And it's uh, some baby making music there. Yeah, I'm I'm surprised that this got higher than than You're All the World to Me because that like unequivocally has lots of Emma in it. This one is just mostly Will just singing yeah. about this baby. Yeah, it it really wasn't much of Emma until uh, you get to the end. So, uh, you know, is what it is there. But it's just, I guess, the overall song, the overall vibe, the the the, the memorability of it, that's not a thing, uh, is more to me than that's, the other one. That's a word. Memorability. I think it's a word. If not, it is Maybe it can be. If you can be memorable, well, memorable, memorable, memor- we're going to go with it's a word, memorability. Yeah, because like a bull is like the able suffix. So why mm-hmm. there should be a ability. Yeah, that sounds, I mean, I could just look it up, but whatever. What about emability? <laughs> emability. Nope. Emability. Okay. Bye. Um, yeah. Reality. <laughs> yes. Well, there's Danny's song at number five, and it's not in the bottom five as uh, as you're all the world to me is, so. It's got that going for it. It so. does have that going for it. Moving on up, uh, number four on the Emma Pillsbury Countdown. I could have danced all night. I could have danced all night. And still have begged for more. I could have spread my wings and done a thousand things. I've never done before I'll never know what made it so exciting Why all at once my heart took flight I only know when he began to dance with me I could have danced Yeah, there's that Emma <laughs> sparkle in her voice, right? Like, it's just... She uh, was going up there. You could tell. Miss Jama Mays is not a soprano, baby, because that last dance, woo! <laughs> How dare you? But she sounds good. No, I'm not saying... I'm like, hey, everybody's <laughs> not a damn soprano. I'm just saying. It was just... I just it was funny to me. <laughs> yeah. There's uh, all the way back in season one. We've got uh, I Could Have Danced All Night as she sings uh, in episode eight of season one as her and Will are off at the wedding dress shop looking for what she's going to wear to marry Ken Tanaka. <laughs> yeah. Um, cute song uh, for a bad occasion. <laughs> Did not ultimately get masked, but uh, with the thong song. So there's that. Thank God. Thank God. I'm sure they could have made it work, though, because if they made uh, hair and uh uh, crazy in love work I'm sure they could have made that shit work yeah well there's that number four top three I think there's a little bit of uh, more competition in here 
Um, we've got in alphabetical order. We've got uh, Getting Married Today. We've got Touch a Touch a Touch a Touch Me, and we've got Wedding Bell Blues as our top three here. And uh, let's move on into number three. feel like going on a run right now <gasps> come on and marry me stop that i feel like i just love the drawl in her like, voice it's so like i just love it it sounds good and all and it's a good song and i'm not uh, like i feel like the way that i'm uh, starting off my sentence here sounds like i don't like it i just feel like the next day all i'm gonna hear in my head after today is like come on and marry me and I'm not going to want that, but I'm going to have to live with it. Uh, Wedding Bell Blues from Season 3, Episode 10. It's time to get these two engaged already. And Coach Beast and Sue are like, just ask him. And she's like, okay, marry me well. I'm so glad that I'm responsible for this being in the top three. <laughs> are you? Let's see. Let's see. Um, actually, it would have been like that either way. The oh, audience, really? yeah, the audience um, is pretty much in exact alignment up until this point with... Uh, the overall ratings and i don't know if that changed. whatever okay the it would have been the same spot though either way but you can still take some credits fine i got the wedding oh, i it. love a good song that ends on a uh that ends on a suspended chord uh i just Dang love it. that it's one of my favorite elements of jazz music Ugh. so sorry nice. just being a bit so of a music cute. nerd uh be a nerd all you want all right let's move on into number two which is gonna tell you number one and uh, we'll see how things go here. Sometimes I like to break it up. Sometimes I just play it all the way through. You never know what you're going to get. But here is number two, Emma Pillsbury. Emma, we're really getting married. Part of me is everybody there because if everybody's there, I want to thank you all for coming to the wedding and I appreciate you going even more. I mean, you must have lots of better things to do. Not a word of this to will remember William you know, the man I'm going to marry, but I'm not because I wouldn't ruin anyone as wonderful as he is. But I thank you all for the gifts and the flowers. Thank you all. Now it's back to the showers. Don't tell Will, but I'm not getting married today. Suicide note. 
Listen, everybody, look, I don't know what you're waiting for. A wedding, what's a wedding? It's a prehistoric ritual where everybody promises fidelity forever, which is maybe the most horrifying word I ever heard, and which is followed by a honeymoon where suddenly you'll realize he sat out with a nut and want to kill me, which he should. So thanks a bunch, but I'm not getting married. Go have lunch, because I'm not getting married. You've been grand, but I'm not getting married. Don't just stand there, I'm not getting married. And don't tell Will, but I'm not getting married today. Go, can't you go? Like, you know I adore you all the rest of my life. Right before you also take back the cake, burn the shoes and boil the rice. Look, I didn't want to have to tell you, but I maybe come down with hepatitis, and I think I'm gonna face you. If you want to see me fail, do it happily, but wouldn't it be funnier to go watch a funeral? So thank you for the 27 dinner plates, the 37 butter knives, 47 paperweights, 57 pair holders. One more thing. I'm not getting married. But I'm not getting married. So we're not getting married. See, I'm not getting married. I'm not getting married. Holy crap! That is such. What a number that is. Uh, getting married today, season four, episode fourteen. Time for a wedding, or maybe not. Shout out to Stephen Sondheim. I just, I mean, well, shout out to Jamie Mates for executing this so well. But shout out to Stephen Sondheim for c- composing this music. Like, who thinks of this? Like, who <laughs> thinks of this? Both musically and lyrically. Like, who the fuck? Like, who writes a song just, thinking like, that somebody will be able to sing that fast? Who thinks exactly. that that is possible? Exactly. That's the thing. It's like you... Uh, like, you wrote I'm that knowing so it's going to be a challenge that... for whoever gets that, you know, whoever's singing that. But it's... that You know, you, you got to find someone that's uh, up for the job. And uh, Jamie Mays took the challenge. Right. And it's just... It, I'm just so envious of people that have, like, such musical brains like that. Like, it's just like... Because those are... I mean, it sounds like she's talking for through some of it, and some of it is talking, but... Part of me is already there because it's already there. Those are notes. Those are notes. Like, those... There, someone wrote... Painstakingly wrote each and every single note. It's just mm-hmm. like... I, it's it's insane. So, shout out to Jema. I'm surprised that this wasn't number one for the sheer difficulty of it all but number two ain't bad either so for sure yeah um it turns out the uh the audience list on this one was the exact same as uh as what it would have been once you add in the 50 percent of the vote that we have so uh pretty in line on this one and not a not a uh giant gap between number one and number two but there was a bit of a gap between uh the top two and then the bottom four so uh you know these two songs definitely stand out as the uh, the Emma Pillsbury songs. So let's play number one and uh, talk about it. But yeah, holy crap, what, what she did on that one. Like sometimes I'm like, maybe she just sang it slow and they sped up the speed of the video or the of the audio. But I don't think so, because I feel like we would have heard that, right? They would have like been like, yeah, she didn't actually do that. That was just like. I mean, it's it's possible. It's certainly possible that we're giving her all this shine and they just sped it up. But, but I, I, I really feel, feel like I we would have heard too. about it. Yeah, me too. But. That was never I like, that's like, something a... that, like, what's the point in lying about that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like behind the I mean, scenes, look, people... she didn't really do that. Yeah, people, I mean, look, look, it's it's been done before. It's not impossible. They're like, just go ahead and search any kind of performance of company on YouTube. You'll see countless actresses executing this. So it's not yeah. impossible. Yeah. It was, uh, you know, she had nothing else to do in season four. So it was like, here, uh, here's a song. You're not going to get many anyway. So uh, can you uh, work on this for us? And she did. All right, let's play number one on Emma's Countdown. Uh, you know what it is. I felt there's no use getting into heavy sweating. It only leads 
to trouble and bad fretting. Now all I want to know is how to go. I've tasted blood and I want more. More, more, more. I'll put up no resistance. I want to stay the distance. I've got an itch to scratch. I need a <laughs> all right touch a touch a touch a touch a touch a touch a touch me there we go rocky horror it's emma's thing right she talked uh, the whole episode there is about emma loves rocky horror and uh, that's why we're doing it so only fitting that her performance her most iconically performance her best is from that episode with this performance lands here at number one <laughs> I don't, I've never like noticed Brittany with that oh in the background until oh, yeah her and now. Santana they are enjoying the, the show here it's really really it's, it's it's saucy like you can tell that Jama Mays not Emma but Jama Mays was like really in in the mood singing <laughs> so yeah everything's going so well <laughs> stop that <laughs> Uh, it's so good. It's, of course, uh, no surprise to see it there at number one. And uh, that's that's it. I mean, Emma doesn't have a whole lot of songs, I'll tell you, on the combined list. Did Emma crack the top ten? Do you think that any of Emma's top songs made it into the top ten? Um, I could definitely see Touch a Touch a Touch Me um, getting up in there. Uh, very close. Very, very close. Could not have been closer. Uh, it landed at number 11, right outside the top 10. So the top 10 that we gave you at the end of Marley's podcast remains intact here. Emma, very close there to making it in, but even if she was in there for a bit, wouldn't be for long because we got a lot of characters still coming up. So, uh, sadly she did not, but maybe it's better for this way. Maybe it's better to not give any kind of hope that Emma would stay for long. I don't know. Either way, she did not make the top 10, but, uh, there's Emma's songs. Now I will ask you one more time. Any final thoughts? <laughs> no, I, uh, I think Emma's great. Um, I enjoyed all of the songs that she was in. I've enjoyed, like I said before, all the scenes that she's in. I think that she's an underrated character. I would have loved to have seen more. Um, but I'm thankful for what we did get. There we go. I'm with you. We'll obviously have more to talk about with Emma when we get to Will uh, and probably some other characters that, you know, stop by Emma's office. I'm sure that uh, anything that we didn't talk about today in relation to Emma, you know, helping the kids out, I'm sure that'll come up here and there. But that's all for Emma for today. Uh, we are, the, if you're listening to us, uh, caught up uh, to speed. If you're, uh, you know, currently in line with where we are in all of this, uh, we've got some Christmas episodes coming up. We are going to be looking back at the Christmas episodes of Glee with a special guest with Matt Gagan is going to join us for the entire journey through that. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, the character study that you are listening to today as you are listening to it obviously came out before that so i believe what we're gonna do is uh 
character episodes first followed by the Christmas episode on the weekend for these four weeks in December 2020. That's all that I have. Uh, Mon can uh, will tell you guys where you can follow us on Twitter, where you can leave us reviews as we read at the beginning of the show, and uh, anything else if you want to tweet at us with your Spotify list. All much appreciated, but that's all I have. You can follow us at Cryroom Pod on Twitter. Follow us individually. I'm at Amon Adwin. Matt is at Matt Lagori. To this day, I am still not following Matt on Twitter. I wasn't going to say it. There we go. I just followed Matt on Twitter. He's at Matt Lagori. You can uh, leave us star ratings and reviews. We'll read them a lot on the show. Just to see you at the top of this one. And until next time, guys. Oh my god, we're doing Christmas episodes next. I'm so excited. But until then, we'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs>